Another Monsters and Metal. Metal. Did you go to the barbecue? I did not. I didn't either. I saw the pictures from it though. Yeah, and I, you know, we, we didn't plan on this, but real quick, how do you feel about Guar going on without Odorous? I'm okay with it. I am too. You I think can go it's on stank. with a new guitarist. You can go on with. Yeah, yeah. In fact, I, I, I don't. I've probably told you this before. Mentioned on the air. A buddy of mine was Beefcake the Mighty for a while in Guar. Mm-hmm. And um, obviously, in in Odris's case, it's, you know, because I mean, different people have been the same characters in Guar. There's been different Beefcake the Mighties and and things like that. But I, I really think they made the right call by creating a brand new lead singer character and then right moving right. forward. Yeah, that, that, and a guy who used to be in Guar anyway, you know, so it kind of really worked out. Exactly. So he is Jerk Fanning, and I am Decapitated Duran. There we are. And we are Ogre Clap. Ogre Clap! That will officially run until episode 30, and we're only on 23 people, so you better get used to it. Oof. <laughs> oh, what's going on, man? How you been? Uh, you know, convention season is starting as we as we talk right now. I just did my first signing of the uh, season, which is going to be a ridiculous amount of convention and signing appearances over the next couple months. Uh, your friend of mine, Victor Dandridge, uh, well, f- little, quick history lesson. Uh, last year, I did f- what was going to be 13 shows in 13 weeks, ended up being 15 shows in 15 weeks, and uh, Victor Dandridge, uh, what's that? You're bad at math. It just kept going. It wouldn't stop. <laughs> you know. Uh, and Victor, who's a good buddy of mine, uh, someone that uh, I'm very flattered. He, he credits me as someone that really has helped him learn about the game and things like that. But being kind of, I guess, uh, the, uh, the Qui-Gon Jinn, you know, the Obi-Wan to my Qui-Gon Jinn, I guess, uh, decided to usurp me and do 17 shows in 17 weeks. Take that. I I asked him. I said, "Don't do this, because you will not like what happens next." <laughs> and, and the seventeen uh, beat him up, and he took his family with him and things like that. But still, he was. I saw him at a couple times throughout the the tour. You know, DanCon was one of his stops. You know, and um, he was beat up. And he said, "Man, I can never do it again." And I said, "Well, yeah, it's like fighting Mike Tyson. You only have to do it once to say you did it." <laughs> you know, right? And that's what matters. But that being said, he's holding my title. So you so, have to go get it back. So I, I, I have to. Um, I have two plans in, in 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 place just to to completely solidify myself as Dirk Motherfucking Manning. Uh, and one of them, I think, this fall tour, I might actually go over Victor. We'll see how it works out. Uh, but the amount of shows I'm doing and the amount of weeks I'm doing them. Um. And that's to say nothing of in April what I have planned for the Dirkest timeline. But, uh, yeah, point being, I'm starting my, my convention 
season. Um, so over the next couple months, you, as we're on the air, you may hear me deteriorate <laughs> as I'm doing this this nonstop marathon of shows and signings and things like that. Nice. But I'm living the dream. I mean, I joke about you know, but you know, doing shows every weekend. I mean, God, five, five, five years ago, I would have killed someone to be in this position. So, <laughs> not you though. No, Pro- probably, maybe not. a little bit. You know, let's move on. All right, any? <laughs> did you go to any shows? Did you go to any shows this month? I haven't. I you know, I've been just really getting ready to go tour. Um, uh, so I've been trying to kind of take care of myself, things like that. Haven't uh, haven't gone to any shows. How about you? Uh, I went to. See now I got to remember what I where I've gone. Uh, it's August. I saw um, a legion. Oh God! I even covered the show for the site. How horrible is that? I say for the site, but I'm just saying I covered the show. I was trying to give you a softball. I'm like, I know you went to the show. What was the show? I'm just trying to remember who else was there. It was a Legion, um, Silence the Messenger, Upon This Dawning, whatever. And it it was good. It was a real good show. Once again, no one there, but that's how it goes. And then they're coming back. I'm going to see them again. I'm going to see a Legion again in September when they... um, are on tour with Arsis, so that'll be fun. That will be, you know, I mean, you want a lot of people to be at a show that you like. Right. There's also something cool about being some of the only ones there, get to really hang out and, and rock out and soak it all up. Yeah. You know, I saw Killing Joke uh, at a really small club with very few people. I, I once saw Motorhead perform in front of maybe 30 people. Motorhead. Insane. It is insane. You know, I, but it was just in that lull in his career where kind of people just decided not to pay attention anymore. And sure. like Motorhead's playing, good God, you know. And, oh, <laughs> I mean, we're like right there, you know, that you can like count the whiskers on his face, you know. <laughs> oh, but that's, flick, flick them all. Oh, God. <laughs> I thought of, I, I just couldn't go there. Well, that's the metal, which I guess then leads us to the monsters. There you go. All right, all right. Let's talk. Let's talk about some monsters. Let's talk horror for a minute. So, because before so- before we get to our topic, yes, have you been watching anything or reading anything lately? Like, I finished the Strain Book One. Book One. Yeah, I watched the first episode of the Strain. Mm-hmm. I have the rest DVR'd. I have not yet had a chance to watch them. Okay, well, what did you think of the first episode? It was solid. Um, it doesn't, it, it obviously, and this is no disrespect to the show, it hasn't had me crawling back to the TV. You have to watch more. Right, right. I didn't think, yeah, I, I didn't think it had that, that pull to it to it either. I but mean, it, you, I wanted to see it, but yeah, I don't think it had that, that I, pull. I think it's a long-term investment. Um, I just don't watch a lot of TV and stuff anyway, truthfully. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did enjoy it. Um I want. I think about the show. It had some really cool bits in it. I want to watch more, but I just need to, I guess, make the time to sit down and just watch it, which at this point, it's not uh, something I've really been committing to yet. Sure. Sure. I understand. The book, the, book, um, the audio book, is read by Ron Perlman. Oh, wow. So he makes it honey in the ears. For right. you as you listen to it, he doesn't do book two. I'm on book two now, but he doesn't do book two. Um, 
That's that was, cool. That was that that was. Um, but yeah, the the book itself. The, the now that I have done that and I've seen two or three episodes of the show, um, huge differences. But you know, they take the liberties to make it more appealing for TV. Sure. So there there is that. But I like anyone who had do would do a book over a movie or something like that. The book is better. <laughs> That's all you can say. Right, 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 right. right. <laughs> so, no. Other than that, I'm trying to think. I mean, of course, we went and seen Guardians of the Galaxy. And? I loved it. Fantastic movie. Um, I, my, my appeal to it is just the fact that they're characters I don't know because I didn't read the books. Right, yeah. I, so, I'm, that's I'm, the appeal to it. I was introduced to something new, and I thought it was off the charts just absolutely fantastic. I fell in love with every, every single one of them. It, it's just a feel-good movie. And, you know, a lot of people, including people I knew, were kind of um, poo-pooing the fact that they're making a Guardians of the Galaxy movie. And I'm like, listen, Marvel is making a movie about a giant tree and a talking raccoon. Okay? They know they have a good product here. They know this is going to work. And you got to know what you're getting into. And, uh, my expectations were not terribly high. Uh, they weren't low, but it was just like, oh, yeah, I'm sure it'll be a good movie, you know. And then everyone started hyping up how good it was. And I'm like, it cannot be as good as everyone's saying. Right. But it was. It just worked. It just was a great movie. All the way down to the thumb in the eye Easter egg at the end, you know, was even that was great, you know, which I mean, everyone at this point, I think, knows was. No, you know, that's spoken. not him. If he's not rocking a guitar on stage with Leah Thompson, that is not him. Oh, I, I'm, I can't believe much I'm about to say. <laughs> OMG. <laughs> OMG. Where's the giant scorpion monster when exactly. we need? Exactly. But uh, I mean, and I don't think they're going to do anything more with it than that. No. Uh, no. I, I think at some point we'll see another quick little cameo or something. that will be goofy. But I'll tell you what. Um, you know, talking comics for a second. I, I don't. I only own two Marvel Essentials books. Okay. You know, the old Essentials, which yeah. is all the black and white books of like all of a run or something. Godzilla, the Marvel Godzilla series, mm-hmm. and Howard the Duck. Really? I love the Steve Gerber, Howard the Duck stuff. Nice. And it's so good. It's just so good. And, and, and you could make, I mean, not that I think they will anytime soon, but you could do a Howard the Duck movie if you based it on that original premise about it's it's Seinfeld you know it's social commentary you know it it just it talks about here's an outside person looking at normal things in the world and like you know go back to the Heinlein stranger in a strange land that's Howard the Duck you know why are you guys doing it this way tell what's this money stuff <laughs> so wait so it's not real but yet you base your lives on it yeah I mean just plus you get Dr. Bong so there you Dr. Bong was a great villain. All right, let's let's get into a the bell, topic. not a not a who not a hookah. He's a bell. So. Let's get into your topic. Yeah, you know, uh, one of the things that we uh, pride ourselves on doing is at the last possible minute coming up with a topic to talk about. Of course. And <laughs> and I got to thinking. Um, I just read an article recently that they're making a television series that will be a prequel to the omen or or something like called damien or some of us i don't even know how quite they're doing this you know but a prequel series or something and and then you know um 
they're making a prequel to Leprechaun, Leprechaun Origins. <laughs> and I know, I, I know, I I feel like. I carry a lot of guilt about a lot of things, Dan. And I'm going to tell you, one of the things I feel guilty about is I feel solely responsible because I was one of the people that saw the original Leprechaun opening weekend when it came out because nothing else was at the theater. And that's what we did. We all went to the movies. Sure. So so, so Leprechaun in the Hood, a little bit of that is thanks to Dirk Manning. My money helped make that happen. <laughs> Because like Leprechaun, the original Leprechaun did well the weekend it came out because there was like nothing else. But anyway, now you got Leprechaun Origins, which and it got me to wondering all this stuff and thinking, are there any good pre horror movies that were a prequel movie? Or even I'll go as far origin movies. Okay. I can answer this. Please, because I, I've thought about this, and I, I, I don't... I, I'm anxious to hear your thoughts on it. Friday the 13th. The first one? Part one. The original. The original. Okay. That is a prequel. <laughs> it is. To everything right. else that happened. No, that... that touche. Touche. That's true. Okay. Um, but... No, yeah. no, I know. I know. That doesn't count. I just had to throw it out there. But that's fair. But, well, I mean, how? what are your feelings on the original Friday the 13th? It's fantastic. Just like that whole series is fantastic. There's no way around that. So hold on. i got to write this down. There's something else we agree upon. Okay. You Moving on. notes? <laughs> I have a list. Things we agree upon. It's a short list of things that we both really are, pe- like, really like. Mm. Crowbar. I just got Friday the 13th. <laughs> I just got another one. Prometheus was awesome. I know oh. people were on the fence about Prometheus, but and it's funny because Ob and I were just talking about this, so you will hear this when we get to the Dark Horse. Yeah, segment. late, late, later today. Um, but if it's Aliens or Alien Three or Four or however many they made, anything past Alien, I hate. You hate anything past the first one? Yes, because they're all. Adventure, action, action. Right, right, right. right. That no, okay. first right. one is pure horror, and Prometheus was dark sci-fi. Yes. So those are the ones that are good, and I liked Prometheus. I don't like to talk about things I don't like, so I'm. But I will say that I was not impressed with Prometheus. It was a beautiful film. I wanted to like it, but I found just. To me, not a diehard Alien fan, some of the continuity things in there, and maybe, and, and, and tell me this, maybe I'm misremembering it or something, but I don't understand how the giant spacesuit guy, they find him fossilized in Alien, mm-hmm. more or less. How was he up walking around in the movie then, but then like he doesn't end up back there? Because there was more than one. Was it? But wasn't it? Was that meant to be? No, the, you're right. He did. He was there, wasn't he? Good point. I'm not a continuity guy. I don't Too care sure. that. No, much. I don't care. Then why'd you point but it out? Because is it, it jerk? Or is it jerk? Hey, <laughs> it will compromise. It's jerk, MF Manning. Because the reason I bring it up is it. I was so looking forward to that scene, 
and finding out what this big giant guy was. And I don't know, maybe someone can post something or someone explain this. To, I, I, you know, I mean, no, didn't they me, find? Uh, I thought someone just, had explained it that they found one of the other ships. Is that how it worked out? Was it? Because I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm I didn't. Sure. I don't dig on the internet for that kind of stuff. So. I don't either. I haven't. I haven't cared enough to look. But it just really it distracted me because it was like that shot, mm-hmm. and then he's like up moving around. And and to me, it was like, but wait a minute. Okay, well that's cool. He's gonna have to end up back there again. He's gonna, you know he's gonna die there or something, or but no, and it just threw me for such a. It, it just removed me from everything. Gotcha. And I vividly remember scenes from that movie as being really cool, but overall it just kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. It wasn't my it wasn't my jam. Okay. Right, but well, what about do you straight, got? Straight horror. Uh, I'm got? asking you. Because you don't got nothing. I. The only thing I could really think of was, a, in my opinion, a criminally underrated horror movie, uh, uh, Under the Mask, the Leslie Vernon story. Yeah, I don't know what that is. You've never seen Under... Oh, uh, God, now I'm wondering. Now you got me wondering if that I'm saying... That sounds like wrestling to me. I <laughs> no, Under the Mask, no. Uh, uh, no, it, it, it was this great horror movie, and it was done like a reality show. Uh, let me uh, get my my my. Uh, it's not internet. coming up on IMDb. Under the mask. Behind, no, I'm sorry, not under the mask. Under the mask, probably was a wrestling thing. Behind the mask, the rise of Leslie Vernon. Um, just a and it was it's done kind of like yeah, I, I talk about greet the movies. I mess up the title. That that's kind of that, that was pretty great. <laughs> but uh, sorry, no, a very cool film. It was on Netflix. I, I wonder if it still is. What's it a um, prequel to? Well, it's not a prequel. It's an origin story. Oh, so wait a minute now. If you're but, just going with origin stories. I mean, but but it, but, it, but it's like, I mean, origin from scratch. Gotcha. You know, from nothing. Gotcha. Not like, there are werewolves. Here's how I became one. Or, you know, this is a guy that grew up loving horror movies. He loves Friday the 13th. He loves Nightmare on Elm Street. And he wants to be the next Michael Myers or something like that. You know what I mean? And uh, so he has a, a, a film crew following him around and documenting how he's going to become the next great horror icon. Uh, but even that's a stretch. But, I mean, as far as a prequel, I, I, I'm really... I feel like there's something out there I'm missing, but I'm not sure there is a good. And there's been plenty of prequel horror movies. Okay, no wait. What about um, the thing that came out a couple of years ago? I never even bothered. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. I couldn't. Maybe it's great. I don't know. But I couldn't get myself to go watch. Is like I don't want to invest an hour and a half in it. I just you know. The thing is so good, and uh, <laughs> the thing is one of those almost almost perfect horror movies. And it's like you know, even if it's okay, it just seemed unnecessary. Um, there but was, you know, wasn't I mean, there a movie called? I think it was just straight up Leatherface, which was how Leatherface right. became that's Leatherface. Ex- that's exactly what I was going to bring up. My next point: Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the prequel movie. They keep teasing that perhaps the new Friday the Thirteenth remake, reboot, whatever is going to be. Oh, we lost him. 
Dirk, come back. Dirk. Yeah, you there? There he is. Sorry, see, I just yeah, the internet short. The internet didn't didn't want you talking about that. No, I'll I'll skip what I was talking about. But um, <laughs> the only prequel I can think of that I really liked. Do you remember the TV show Freddy's Nightmares? Vaguely. Very. It vague. was like the Nightmare on Elm Street TV series. And it was an anthology series. And for Robert England, Freddy Krueger, as Freddy Krueger hosted the show. And it was always about someone's nightmare, like someone that's getting liposuction. And then, of course, it goes horribly wrong, and Freddy makes his quips and his puns. And one day he said, yeah, you know, this week or this this is not one of uh, your nightmares. This one is mine. And it's the actual in-canon origin uh, and prequel to the Nightmare on Elm Street movies of Freddy Krueger. And how he was that creepy bastard that eventually got burned up by all the parents. That was really well done. As well done as you could do a story about a child murder and molester on, you know, on network television. Maybe it was Fox, but, you know, um, I don't know. I guess I put this one to the listeners. I, I, I just, I'm drawn, a to- and I didn't want to go to Google. Right. But I just, I was drawing a total blank of a good pre- because that seems to be, you know, you see those more and more, you know, prequel horror movies now. And, and you know, even, you know, going to the comic side of things, uh, Gotham. They're doing right. the, the prequel right. to Batman, you know, and Bruce Wayne's a little kid, you know. And that seems to be kind of like this fertile ground right now. But I don't know. Good prequel horror movies, if there's, if there's one out there, or even a real definitive origin movie, you know, um, let us know. Yeah, I don't. I had tried to look it up to come up with something. I mean, right, the very first thing when you brought it up was Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, which, which, yeah, which it is and it isn't. You know. All right, I mean, here's a here's a fun list. This list is called fifteen best movie prequels ever. Okay. Ever. Ever. This list came out apparently when uh, Prometheus came out, so they decided to make this list. Sure. Oh, let's. What do the experts say? The experts and I don't. There's no order to this. Okay. There's. They're not. They're numbered. not ranked. They're not ranked. Uh, okay. So we got Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Oh, see, now I do feel like a giant. All right. Well, hold on, because that ain't horror. That ain't ho- well. Okay. Star Wars Episode Three. <laughs> I'm sorry. Anytime I see something Star Wars. Now I was gonna say this one. But it wasn't horror, because this is probably the greatest movie of all time, and that's The Godfather Part 2. Okay. Uh, X-Men First Class. I don't know why that's on the list. That was a solid movie, but not horror. The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Ooh! Okay. Uh, Twin Peaks, Fire Walk With Me. Didn't bother. Red Dragon. That's horror! But and see then there you go. Hannibal's a TV show. <sighs> but again, I I don't. You know I do feel bad for not thinking about uh Red, well not even Red Dragon uh, Manhunter. What was the uh well that wasn't a prequel because that did come first. So Red Dragon right. would have been a prequel. Right. Okay. Okay. Uh, All right. And Red Dragon I don't think was great. I mean it was it was. I didn't didn't try that one. It's it's. Yeah. I had trouble with Hannibal. The problem is with stuff like Red Dragon is 
in some ways, it, it, they feel most gratuitous, and that's, I think, part of my issue on this. But what else is on this list? Okay, Paranormal Activity 3. I haven't I, seen 3. I didn't I know that I wouldn't would even cool. put any of those on the list. Um, I, I really enjoyed the first one. Never also, heard of this. Zulu Dawn. Zulu Dawn. That sounds familiar. What, what What's the description? Starring Peter O'Toole, Burt Lancaster, The Battle of Islandwana. Okay. Um, I don't know. It came out in right. 1979. Yeah, older movie. Okay. Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom. Was that a prequel? There, according to this list, they're saying it is. Okay. Uh, Ginger snaps back. See, I haven't seen. I horror geek confession. I've yet to see any of the Ginger snaps. I've only seen the first. And. It wasn't bad. What I what I really liked about Ginger Snaps was the fact that they used makeup and effects for their werewolves. Nice. Well, yeah, and I that's on my list. I hear such good things about Ginger Snaps, but okay. Uh, I don't know why this one's here. I've never seen it, but I, I've never cared for any of these movies. Uh, Dominion, the prequel to The Exorcist. Huh. See, there's more other than I thought. Okay. Uh, Star Trek, the newest one, the newer reboot. Right, right. I don't know why that's a prequel. I don't think that's a a different timeline. Yeah, nah, boo. Uh, Reaching. (laughs) Infernal Affairs 2? Hong Kong cinema. Okay. And the last one is Puss in Boots, the Shrek cat. (laughs) Dear listeners... If you are aware, or if you have comments on Ginger Snaps 2 or anything else, uh, good horror prequels, let us know your thoughts. Yeah, post it on uh, the Monsters in Metal Facebook page. Yeah, let us know. Tag Dan and I in it, and we'll, uh, we can, we'll know the conversation's going on, and we will chime in accordingly. All right, let's kick this show off right. Um, where, oh yeah, where can we go to find out about Dirk, before we get to that? DirkManning.com. Uh, has all my show dates and books, things like that, including Tales of Mystery, Carmageddon, which should be out right around the time the show drops. Um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Dirk Manning. And then all over the convention circuit, which is all listed on the website. But I'll be all over the place. Uh, like I said, I'm doing just an insane amount of shows. Big ones for listeners. Um, Cincy Comic Con, first weekend in September. Uh, Grand Con up in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Uh, New York Comic Con in October. Plan accordingly to come see me. Hopefully I'll be at Table Hate again. And uh, doing a couple of horror shows in October. Cinema Wasteland beginning of October. And the Flint Horror Con in Flint, Michigan towards the end of October. Very cool. All More right. information at DirkManning.com. All right. Let's get this show started off on the right foot. What are we listening to this month? And if you say baby metal, I swear. And I will not, although I do laugh every time I see uh, Baby Metal is coming to the United States. So I'm, I'm hopeful. I bet you got those tickets already. I, when they go on sale, I will. I'm buying, I'm buying, I'm buying one for uh, for Amy, but not you. <laughs> We're going to go to Baby Metal. All right, I'll let her know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this a joke? What's going on? Hmm. Uh, why are you guys talking? <laughs> No, I uh, I have to laugh because uh, my, my song this month is, is um, Bittersweet. 
the band is The Creeper and His Pals, and the song's called Scream Queen. Um, this is just a great um, unsigned band. Um, Misfit style kind of punk metal. I'm not a punk guy, but this is just kind of that jamming, feel good, you know, punk ish kind of metal rock and roll sound. Um, the Creeper was a good friend of mine. Uh, I actually met him on the horror convention circuit doing Cinema Wasteland in Ohio every year, which is just this legendary horror show. Uh, it's been going like decades now. And I would table next to The Creeper. Uh, Eddie Gaines was his name. EC Gaines was his stage name. And, um, like I said, I was getting ready to actually go do a vignette on his upcoming CD and was very horrified to learn a couple weeks ago that he suddenly passed away. So not to be a downer on the show and stuff, but Eddie was a really, really great guy. Uh, I was really looking forward to, to um, playing the new stuff in the next couple months, uh, maybe do the, the bit with my vignette on the CD. I'm still hoping that's going to happen. I'm talking to some of the other guys in the band and Gonzo's manager and stuff to make that happen, but... So, Eddie, this is for you. This is The Creeper and His Pals. The song is Scream Queen. They have all kinds of videos on YouTube. I would highly recommend you look them up if you like this. This is perfect. Drive your car, windows down, jamming, and uh, for goodness sake, man, uh, reach out to your friend you haven't talked to in a while. But anyway, let's get on with the show. The Creeper and His Pals, Scream Queen, rock out. This is some good, fun stuff, and uh, we'll be back a little later in the show. Carry without my scream 
right, let's start this show off with a new music spotlight. This is Dinosaurs Are Not Gone with Triceratops or NWO. So we are here with our first interview on Monsters and Metal, and I'm thinking you've been on Monsters and Metal before, but we did a couple discussions as well. So, have you been on Monsters and Metal? Uh, I was. I was think I was on your old podcast. Just discussions. A of times. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what I thought. Drew Edwards, everybody. Halloween man. Woo! Hey, hello, all you happy internet monster metalheads. <laughs> How's it going? We haven't we haven't talked talked in a while i mean things going i'm doing i'm doing really really well i uh over the last year or so a lot has been going on with the the halloween man front it got uh, picked up by monsterverse entertainment which uh for those of you who don't know that is carrie gamble's company and carrie is a very very talented 
uh, artist, uh, did a lot of amazing work with uh, Superman and Spider-Man. He did some of the creature and character design for a lot of different movies, including some of the Men in Black films. And uh, currently, they actually hold the Bela Lugosi license, and they publish Bela Lugosi's Tales from the Grave, which is sort of a uh, EC-style anthology comic with uh, Bela Lugosi as the host. And it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. And they do also do, uh, Flesh and Blood, which is a, a sort of a League of Extraordinary Gentlemen style monster mashup. It has, uh, Van Helsing in it. It has Baron Frankenstein in it. It has a werewolf character in it. It has Dracula. It has Mr. Hyde. It's, 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 uh, you know, it's definitely one for you, your, you Penny Dreadful fans or your, your League of Extraordinary Gentlemen fans, because it's got that kind of, kind of vibe to it. Well, let's talk your but stuff. They, yeah, I should be, I should be promoting yeah, my stuff. Yeah, we, well, whatever. That's yeah, right. Yeah, well, that's Carrie's job. Yeah, what are you yeah. doing? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that's the thing. That's the thing. I'm very, very happy to be part of this line because I think it's a prestigious, grouping of books there's a lot of a lot of talent and the fact that halloween man is stacked up with this stuff is is pretty intense uh, we started a new ongoing digital series back uh several months back we are we just actually released our uh our fourth issue this last week uh this is all on comicsology and for those of you who do not do Comixology. Comixology is essentially iTunes for comics, and it's the best, quickest, cheapest way to get comics nowadays. And uh, MonsterVerse was wanting to do a big digital push, and they didn't have anything that really, you know, they have a great line of horror books, but they wanted to something that could sort of veer into superhero territory a little bit, and Halloween Man obviously fit that bill pretty well. Right, right. That, that that makes perfect sense. So, okay, so at this point, like when you and I are talking right now, we're up to issue four. So, what what's going on so far? Give give us the the pitch on why checking why check this out. Well, uh, there is two specials that have been released uh, that, that are independent of the ongoing series, which is uh, Hack Slash versus Halloween Man, uh, which obviously uh, has our title character. Teaming up slash getting in a fist fight with uh, Cassie Hack from Hack Slash. Uh, Tim Seeley was very gracious to allow us to borrow her for uh, this this uh, special. We also have done Halloween Man versus the Invisible Man, and the title pretty much tells you everything you really need to know about that, except that uh, the backdrop of that is the. It has a, an S&M backdrop. It's a little kinkier than your typical Invisible Man story. And it's also uh, the only Halloween Man comic that is 17 and up. So uh, if you're looking looking these things up on Comixology, you know that that is, that is strictly, for, strictly for you grown-up types. Um, <laughs> in the regular series, in the regular series, we, we kicked the whole thing off. Uh, I was a big Dungeons and Dragons nerd when I was a kid. I know it's amazing to think that, that someone as cool as me ever played Dungeons and Dragons. Never. Well, I kind of, <laughs> I kind of wanted to pay homage to that. So the first issue has Solomon 
that's Halloween man for those who are the uninitiated. Solomon taking on all these dwarves, because I have these, these, these visions of your classic Dungeons and Dragons style dwarves, but coming out of like a flying Viking spaceship on the backs of these giant gorillas. So it's King Kong meets Dungeons and Dragons meets Thor meets insanity. And if that doesn't sound like your idea of a good time, then you probably shouldn't be listening to this podcast. Yeah, get the hell out of here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the second the second story is actually, uh, that's that's what we just finished up. The, 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 the fourth issue was kind of a, an epilogue to it. But uh, it was. This has gotten a lot of a uh, lot of attention out on the blogosphere. It was kind of my commentary on uh, body image, which is I know kind of a thousand miles away from you know what most people think when they think of oh, this comic's called Halloween Man. But I was I was looking at what was going on. I, I, I wrote this back around the time when. Uh, DC rebooted their entire line. And, you know, the first thing you notice is pretty much when they rebooted it, there was a sudden sameness to the, the, the way all the characters looked. Like suddenly Amanda Waller, who was always, you know, she was the wall. She was always this big woman, uh, is very thin. Suddenly uh, Power Girl, who has traditionally been kind of voluptuous, is is a waif. And there's this sort of sameness going on with with... Not just the female characters, but all the characters in general. And that really kind of freaked me out. I was like, okay, what kind of, you know, not to get too much up on a soapbox, but what kind of message are we, are we, you know, saying here? You know, we're, we're, we're the comic book industry out of the entertainment industry. We've always been the rebel medium. Right. And, uh, you know, we, we shouldn't be the one that's celebrating sameness. We should be the one celebrating diversity. So, you know, my reaction to this is I, I took my female lead character and I have now, through the process of, of mad science and weird science, of course, she is now a full figured woman. And we are now, we are now dealing with that. Uh, now the monster tie to this, the thing that we'll, that we'll, we'll hook in, you guys are listening to a show called Monsters of Metal and you're probably right now going like, oh, well, you know, you know, female body image, yeah, whatever. Um, the villain that does this is actually a descendant of uh, Dr. Moreau. And if you're a gothic horror fan like me, you know that's Island of Dr. Moreau or Island of Lost Souls if you're a, if you're a Bela Lugosi fan. Very cool. Very cool. So you tie it all in. You know what you're doing. Uh, you know, I've, I've, I've been around. I've been, uh, you know, I've been doing this comic for now nearly uh, 14 years and I think I can tell a pretty good yarn when I when I set my mind to it, and even when I have something to say, I think I I don't do it. In a, you know, I never want to do anything in a preachy way. Like even when I want to I want to make a point, you know, I still want to make sure that the you know our purpose primarily at the end of the day is still to entertain. You know, to tell a fun story. To you know maybe you know maybe you know think about a few things, but you know I don't want to ever be a drag. Uh, so I, I, you know, this is still a, a rollicking good. You know, there's beast men. There's a lion man that has knives for hands. There's there's giant steam powered zeppelins. You know, it's 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 got just about everything you would want out of a 
out of a you know a comic called Halloween Man. It's still got plenty of of monsters and and action and and gore and daring do and all that stuff. But you know, I I, I did have something to say, and you know, I, I I hope I got my point across without being without being too preachy. Sure, sure. Who's your who's your creative team? Who who are you working with on the new issues? Right now, um, it is it is my good buddy Russell Hellman, who does uh, Freak Town comics out of out of England, is our editor, and he's been the editor for going on a decade now. The human, literal one man human art team, uh, doing pencils, inks, letters, colors, the whole nine yards, is Sergio Calve out of Madrid, Spain, and he has drawn more Halloween man stories than just about anybody. And he's got a great sort of Jack Kirby-esque style. And I'm a huge Silver Age Marvel Comics fan. So I think, uh, you know, something about that really resonates me. But, but the other beauty of our digital series is that, you know, if you have never read Halloween Man, if you, don't even worry about that because we are representing all of the best stuff. So for like a dollar ninety nine, you're not only getting a new story, but you're getting some of the best you know some of the best comic book artists before they were famous has worked on Halloween Man. Like Nicola Scott did a lot of Halloween Man and we just uh we just brought you know, brought out a bunch of her stuff. David Baldion, who uh did some of the Marvel Zombies miniseries. He's currently doing Scarlet Spider for Marvel. Uh he worked on Halloween Man. We just trotted out a bunch of his. Mike Henderson, who currently has a book out from Image, he did some stuff on Halloween Man. He did a great story about a vampire pumpkin that we just uh, that's just in the new. You know, we represented it in the new the new issue in its entirety. So you're you're getting a lot of bang for your buck. Like I really, I really want to bring back the sense of comics as like, you know, when you're a kid and you read comics and you just you're so excited and you get your comic and you know, that comic seems like it goes on forever and you only, you only paid a buck for it. You know, I want to bring back that feeling, you know, the, the impulse buy that really delivers. So I'm, I'm jam packing each one of these issues with as much stuff as I possibly can. Yeah. And I was going to point that out too, because you know, like you said, for a dollar 99, you're getting 60 plus pages, I believe on, on all of these. Yeah. Oh yeah, and on the specials you're getting a hundred plus pages. Yeah, so and, I, and yeah, it's, it's a deal. It's definitely a deal. It's worth it for our Halloween issue, which is coming out the first few weeks of October. That's going to be 156 pages, and that's new and old material. But I mean, to a lot of people, you know, Halloween Man's an underground comic. To a lot of people, this is going to be brand new stuff. Right. So do you? I, do, I, go ahead. No, 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 no! You first. Oh, I was going to say. So, so are you doing? Uh, are you doing shows still? Or are you are you still getting out there and and showing off the books themselves? I have had an enormously like the most successful year I have ever had at conventions. I did Staple here in Austin back during the winter. I was actually filmed for uh, Mike Mike Firth, who is a filmmaker out of New York, is doing a documentary on underground comics in America. And he followed me around for the weekend and filmed me. And we sold out at Staple. Then I just did a San, a San Antonio Comic-Con. 
not to be confused with San Diego Comic-Con, folks, uh, <laughs> San Antonio Comic-Con, and I sold out at that one, too. And I, 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 I'm going to be back for uh, the Monster Show in San Antonio in October. So it's San Antonio seems to love Halloween, man. There seems to be a lot of love for uh, for monsters in San Antonio is what I've, I've, I've quickly quickly noticed there. But um, as far as me personally doing shows, I'm actually in the midst of planning a 14th anniversary uh, concert for for Halloween Man. It'll be here in Austin. I uh, I will have an, an announcement on the venue and the band, so they're going to be playing on that on the Facebook page pretty soon. So if uh, you're you are rock and rollers and you're in Austin and that sounds like you, you want to celebrate comics and rock and roll and monsters and all the things that we love, uh, keep an eye on my uh, Halloween Man Facebook page because I'm going to have an announcement about that very soon. Very cool. Very cool. Well, let's let's switch. Uh, well, actually, before we switch topics to to the podcast, um, where can we find Halloween Man online? You're going to either search Halloween Man MonsterVerse, or you're going to search on Comicsology. And the quickest way is just to go to Comicsology, search Halloween Man. That's two words: Halloween and Man, and you can see all this stuff and. I'm telling you, we have the people who are working on this comic, they're pouring their heart and soul in it. If you like monsters, and I'm gathering by the title of this <laughs> podcast, you definitely do. This is the comic where the monster is the good guy. So you can finally see monsters get their due in this. And we have our big vampire story arc coming up in a few months. And this is... This has been fun because we get to pay a big time homage to a lot of the uh, the classic vampire movies that we love, like the Hammer and Universal vampire movies, but also like the '80s, you know, vampire movies like Near Dark or uh, Lost Boys. So I, you know, I think it, you know those of you who who grew up on those movies will get a big kick out of it. It's called The Terrible Fruit Bats, but I'm not going to tell you why. You're going to have to read it. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. Okay, with the the last few minutes that we have here, I I want to switch over to your podcast, which is horror as well, and that's the Castle Horror Castle of Horror podcast. Yes. So that what's going is, on there? That is a podcast that I've been doing for almost four years now. Uh, I do it with Tony Savaggio, uh, and, who does Clockworks for Humanoids, and uh, Jason Henderson, who. Uh, he had, writes the Alex Van Helsing books for HarperCollins. He just did the Ben 10 miniseries for IDW. He wrote the latest Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle game. He's a very talented guy, but we're all, we're all huge horror nerds. So, uh, Jason proposed that we do this podcast and it's been a lot of fun. Uh, we, we just finished off an Evil Dead series, where we, we did all of the Evil Dead movies, including the remake and Drag Me to Hell. Uh, these past weeks, we, we did Jaws. We're going to do Jaws 2, actually. As soon as I'm done recording for this podcast, I'm going to go do a podcast on Jaws 2. And then, coming after that, we have our 100th episode, and we're going we're gonna to break into all the Exorcist films. And I could, I could not be more proud of this. This podcast has been so much fun to do, but it, lately it just seems like 
you know, we did the new Godzilla movie over the summer, and from then on, it just seems like it's been growing and growing and growing and really taking off. And we love interacting with people on the blog and on the Facebook, and, you know, people can, uh, you know, join us on on chat and talk with us and argue. We love arguing with people, even, you know, as long as it's friendly. And there's there's nearly 100 episodes on iTunes or uh, Stitcher. So if you're you're a podcast fan, and again you're listening to a podcast, so that's that's probably a given. You know, check it out. You know, you can hear smart people talk about horror films, which I think uh, is unfortunately a rarity in, <laughs> in the world. You know, people who who are, who are passionate about the medium and don't really look down on it, and in fact embrace it. Well, that's really cool. And, and first of all, congratulations on on getting to a hundred. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> it's, it's been it's been a lot it's you know i you know it's it's fun to actually if you are on facebook and you and you want to check out the podcast go on to our we have a post we, we, we have a, a every poster of every movie we have ever done so if you just want to see like a great collection of horror movie posters and we we don't stick to one aspect of horror like a lot of horror podcasts what i've noticed is like they only do black and white horror movies or they only do zombie movies you know we do we've done everything from like alfred hitchcock to evil dead to you know ray harryhausen stop motion monster flicks like we do we do everything so we don't really you even got batman versus dracula (laughs) yes we did batman versus dracula in celebration of the dark knight rises and yeah, so we we go like you know ultra quirky, or you know we do like if we did we did the new Godzilla movie, which is you know a big mainstream movie. You know we don't we don't really discriminate. You know we 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 talk about what we think, you know what we're interested in, but also what we think our our listeners are listening. You know they're interested in, and that's good too because you know that if if you got someone who is a fan of this movie and. You know, at movie A, I'm, I just without throwing out a title. I mean, then you throw out something that you know isn't typically in their wheelhouse. Well, maybe you're talking, and it gets them interested in it. Exactly, exactly. And I, I think, you know, like, like uh, our, you know, one of our pet causes uh, from a few years back was Rare Exports, which didn't get a very wide release, but it's a, it's a you know, it's a killer Santa Claus movie from 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 Europe and you know it's a very odd film but we were we were all big fans of it and we were really trying pushing it and you know doing something like that you know we'll do the Dark Shadows remake that Tim Burton did and you know somebody will you know see that and they go oh I like Johnny Depp I like Tim Burton I'll listen to this to this podcast and they see that and then maybe they'll they like the podcast and they file back and they find you know rare exports Mm -hmm. you know know, that's, that's the way we hopefully Hopefully this works. Right, right, and no, and, and I love the premise. I've heard, I've heard a few of the the episodes. I mean, you guys covered my favorite, Return of the Living Dead, and, and Monster Squad, and and stuff like that. So I mean, you, I, and I just love that you branch out and and you cover it all from the old stuff because maybe, you know, me being an '80s buff, I'm not going to typically go out and watch a black and white film, horror film. You know, yeah. but you guys talk about it and it gets me interested in it. Then hell yeah, I'm going to go look at it. You know. Well, I mean, and some of our some of our retrospectives are are, are kind of randomly put together. Like we did uh, we did one in celebration of the release of Halloween Man versus the Invisible Man, and it was 
you know, we did the, the, the original Invisible Man, the Invisible Man Returns, plus we also just did things that were helped inspire the movie, like we did, uh, that helped inspire the comic, like we did uh, Nightbreed and Freddy vs. Jason, which aren't seemingly related, but they were definitely what were on my mind when I was writing that comic book. So, you know, tying this whole interview together, it's sort of one hand feeding the other. Right. Right, and I think that's that's a good place to, to kind of wrap it all up. So, um, what do you have coming up in September, October, November, and December? What do you got coming up for the rest of the year? What can we expect? Okay, obviously, every week, every week there's a new Castle of Horror. Uh, so, without fail, tune in for that. I have the next issue of Halloween Man, which is going to have, because everybody and their mother demanded it, the origin of Halloween Man, represented by Nicola Scott and David Baldion. It also has a brand new story by Sergio Calve. Uh, after that, we have our giant, monster-sized, or kaiju-sized Halloween issue. And again, that is 156 pages for $1.99. Then, starting immediately, immediately as we veer into November, we have the Terrible Fruit Bats, which is our epic, epic vampire story it has everything you've ever loved about vampires and everything you've ever hated about them in one story. What about December? December is going to still be the terrible fruit bats. That's okay. Terrible fruit bats is going to be okay. through the end of the year. Okay. So we can go to uh, Comicsology and search Halloween Man, Monsterverse, pick all that up. Um, yes. Can There's we... going to be a... Hopefully there is going to be a bundle sale on Comixology uh, the last two weeks of October. So, uh, you know, but by all means, do not do not wait to pick it up. Um, there, there, we, we still have not worked out all the details on that, but please check out Halloween Man on Comixology. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, and where can we find you online? Do you have any uh, – you don't have to say, you know, if your personal stuff, but just in case you do. Well – well, I am very active on Facebook. Uh, so if you want to friend me on Facebook, I'm the only Drew Edwards in Austin that I know of. Uh, you can look up my blog, although I, I'm not as active on the blog as I am on Facebook by uh, looking up uh, just HalloweenMan.com. And uh, you can uh, find us on Twitter at HalloweenMan.com. So uh, pretty much everywhere you'll find Halloween Man, you'll find me. Very cool. Very cool. And don't forget to uh, definitely check out the podcast as well. So after you're done reading your comic, then you can go listen to the podcast. That is just that and if, if you think the comic sucks, please tell me on Facebook. If you think it's great, please tell me on Facebook. What if I'm on the fence? Tell me. <laughs> I want to I know. I love, I, love, I love feedback. You know, like even if it's negative. It's, it's, it's you know, nothing, nothing, everybody... Like I said, everybody has just put their 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 utmost effort into this. So we we just love knowing that people have read it and had gotten some kind of reaction out of it. Very cool, very cool, Drew. Always, always a pleasure. And I'm pretty sure you're going to be emailing me, going, "I'm coming back on next Halloween." So I look forward to that. All right, you have a good one, man. Our first Century Media Spotlight this month comes to us from Haunted with their new album, Exit Wounds, coming out on September 2nd. This is 
cutting teeth. to do another Dark Horse Discourse with Ob Driver. What's up, Ob? Dan. Dan. Decapitated Dan. How are you, the man? I'm good, man. We missed you. 
We missed yeah, you. Yeah, likewise, dude. What are you, it's, what are you been busy hectic, or something? Hectic couple <laughs> weeks, dude. There's been a lot of stuff going on. Uh, this little thing called San Diego Comic Con kind of got in the way, and uh, you know, we we just get so caught up with all that. And now we're in the midst of three more shows. We're going to PAX here shortly, uh, but you're listening to the show. We'll have already done it. And then uh, Rose City Comic Con coming up uh, here in Portland, and then uh, obviously New York Comic Con. So big shows for us and uh, closing out our year. I'm sure you never guys ends. I'm sure it you never guys represent ends, pretty good at Rose. Yeah, man, we're doing uh, we're doing a lot of stuff at Rose. There's a lot of great talent out here in Portland. Great, uh, you know, artists and writers. And then we're also uh, uh, representing. We're we're doing the kickoff party with our sister store, Things for Another World. And then we're also hosting the av- official after party Saturday night uh, at a big club here in town. So that's going to be fun. So, yeah, man, we'd like to blow it out good for the uh, the hometown stuff. Same you gotta right. That's right. Exactly. Now that's a good chance for everyone to come out. I mean, you like you just mentioned three shows. So there's three shows to come meet all that at least. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, <laughs> exactly. Because that's thrilling. <laughs> Let me tell you what. If I'm paying it's, to go to a show, <laughs> you know from experience how thrilling that is. Let me see if I can find all of in the crowd. No, where did he go? He disappeared. I only saw him one time. Yeah, I'm I'm elusive. I'm kind of like a. You know, I'm like some sort of uh, woodland cougar. Oh, I only come down funny. from time to time to eat or, you know, steal things from your trash can. That's that's what it's like trying to get you to be on the show every month. Like, ah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it's exactly correct. Uh, all right, well, let's talk. Sorry, some, let's Dan. Talk, oh, it's all right. You're only, you're only cheating the listeners of the show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys, man, you're the best. <laughs> All right, we're going to talk September. Cool. All right, let's uh, let's kick it off. Uh, September starts with two rad title launches. Um, first and foremost, Grendel versus the Shadow. This is a Dynamite and Dark Horse joint jam with Matt Wagner drawing, uh, which is awesome. Have Matt back on the Grendel and doing the Shadow at the same time. Um, it's going to be a rad series run. We've been waiting for it for a long time. It's been kind of like talked about uh, in the shadows um, for about the past year, and now it's actually hitting shelves. So September 3rd, you're going to be able to find that in comic stores. And uh, it just looks so badass. And Matt's drawing in his writing has just gotten so good over the years. Um, then there's this other book called Concrete Park, and Concrete Park is a nice little mini-series coming from the husband-wife team, Tony Perrier and Eric Alexander. Uh, Tony Perrier is the writer of the hit Hollywood film Eraser, if you're familiar with that jam, uh, which had, I believe, Arnold Schwarzenegger in it. And uh, Eric Alexander was on uh, Living Single back in the day, and so they are crafting quite the urban uh, urban assault tale here with Concrete Park. So it's pretty rad. So I definitely urge you guys to check that out on uh, September 3rd. Nice. Yeah, yeah. And then also, I mean, uh, if, you, if you've been following the victories, I know this is definitely a metal and, uh, and horror kind of oriented uh, podcast, but uh, the victories closes up on number 15 on September 3rd. So it's been 15 issue run, and uh, Mike Owings' big series comes to a close then. So if you've been following that, I highly recommend jumping on and reading the finale because it's epic and weird. So, Anything Omen good- does is. is- yeah, I'm man, Oming is he's a, he's a powerhouse. He just you know cranks that stuff out, and it's it gets weirder and radder every time. And then uh, let's see, going on to the tenth of September, uh, we've got a huge launch for us. Uh, Prometheus comes out. Prometheus Firestone number one. 
And uh, that hits September 10. It's got huge order numbers already. Uh, I've seen the interior pages. It's Paul Tobin and Juan Ferreira. So you guys probably, you read Colder last year. Now you're getting Prometheus story in the Aliens universe from the same team. Uh, it's beautiful. It's freaking weird and creepy. You really can't go wrong checking out this book. I highly recommend it. Um, and it's going to jump right into Aliens and uh, Predator and Alien versus Predator, and all four books are going to run together. So definitely get on board with Prometheus. I don't care what you thought about the movie. The comic is freaking rad. Um, the movie was the shit. I, I effing, I don't want to drop the F-bomb, but I, dude, I love the movie. It, it flipped my mind. It was awesome. I don't know what people are Thank talking you. about. See, people people know. get all up in that Aliens, Aliens stuff. No, Alien and Prometheus are the good ones. Yes, sure. I'm right there with you, Dan. Um, <laughs> there, um, God, the uh, the other fun book, uh, you know, there's there's a couple of things on the tenth coming out. There's a, we are, we're actually releasing a book called the Whedon Three Way. Believe it or not, it's a dollar dollar issue of uh, the first issues of Buffy season ten, Angel and Faith season ten, and Serenity, uh, all in one book for a buck. And it's called the Weed and Three Way. Uh, that's how Joss wanted it. And that's how he got it. So, it, <laughs> if you want to get on board for those those series, I know there's some Weed and fans in the house. I mean, Lord knows I'm one of them. So get out there, pick up the Three Way if you haven't read those series yet. Um, it's rare that I can actually say that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, X-17 is also out. If you've been following the uh, the universe of Arcadia, X has been killing it this year. And this ongoing series of X has just been awesome. So definitely keep your eyes open there. Uh, Abe 16, Abe Sabian 16 also is out September 10th. And uh, if you're a fan of the Mignolaverse, obviously got to stay, stay current on your Abe Sapien. Um, jumping to September 17th, uh, we got a, a new Steve Niles, Criminal Cop comes out the third child uh it's gonna be a new mini for for mr uh, cal mcdonald so that's creepy and weird and uh, freaky you know steve niles so get on board with that uh, you, you read the last series didn't you the eye of frankenstein dan mm-hmm. nice yep. nice good good man um Obviously, The Strain, uh, now a hit uh, FX TV show. It's picked up for a second series or second season now, um, just this past week. Uh, so The Strain, The Night Eternal, which is our third installment of the uh, the comic series, uh, is out uh, September 17th. So definitely be, be keeping an eye out there. Uh, have you watched any of the show yet, Dan? Okay, here's here's the thing. See, I've watched Don't give me the... a stop story. Come uh, on. I've watched the show. I like the show, but I've read the book and the comic, and they trump, yes. they definitely trump the show. Well, you know, as with most things, that is, you know, that's, yeah, that's the case exactly. with Game of Thrones and various other things. But yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. But I would say a solid adaptation with oh, yeah. the direct, oh, yeah. direct character references that you can absolutely see in our books, which is rad. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Watch the series, read the comic, yada yada. Good. Um, <laughs> September twenty fourth, uh, as we just talked about, Aliens, Fire and Stone. So the standalone Alien series uh, comes out, and that's uh, Patrick Reynolds on artwork, who did uh, City of Roses and uh, the Let Me In tie-in comic, actually uh, a couple years back. And he also did a, a one shot for the Thing for us. So he's done a lot of creepy horror stuff, and uh, Chris Roberson will be writing, and that just looks rad. I highly recommend it. Um, 
And then you've obviously got the other other stuff coming out on the 24th. Uh, Baltimore, New Baltimore, The Witch of Harju wraps up, I believe, uh, with number three. And then uh, there's a new ElfQuest final quest out that week. Um, are we ElfQuest fans on the show? I think we are. I think most, most people are fantasy-oriented in that kind of that way. Maybe? Not me. Who knows? Not, Not me. you. Not me. No, no, no. You, 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 just, no, you can't do the elves. I'll get you into ElfQuest. Dan. All right. Just challenge. Just you wait. Challenge just accepted. You wait. It's gonna get. It's gonna get <laughs> freaky weird. It's gonna get freaky weird. We're gonna have fun. Um, we got a, a new Tim Seeley book uh, called Sundowners, and Sundowners uh, just looks rad. It's a twelve issue run. Uh, I just jump on board with Mister Seeley. He does great things. And he's from your neck of the woods, Dan. So uh, you know, gotta gotta represent the Midwest. That's correct. He's Dan Con alum. Yes, he is a Dan Connellum, and, uh, and he's just an all-around good dude. Howlin', or what is it, Howlin' Tim Seeley? Timmy, Timmy Two-Fist and Seeley, I can't remember exactly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, Hackin', hackin Tim Seeley, there we go. There I got you go, it. there you go. Good, good, good. I had no idea where you are going with that. <laughs> I was just dancing around it, you know? It, it doesn't really matter. It's just insert insert words around Tim's name. Um we're coming up on uh, a new issue of The Goon, Occasion of Revenge number three. Uh, that's gr- the Goon return has been grim and really, really intense. And uh, for my horror fans out there, you absolutely have to check out The Goon. There's no reason you should not be reading that book. Eric Powell just knocks out of the park, and it just gets darker and darker. Um, yeah. Yeah, 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 Goon. Um and then, uh, yeah, I'm just trying to think what else we have in the in the horror vein coming out next month. If I jump into my books, any big trades or a, anything? Oh, uh, that's exactly what I'm going to look at right now. I'm going to tell you, there's this freaky, freaky uh, Finnish uh, adaptation book that we did called Jaybird, and it's uh, when I initially saw it, I thought it was a kids' book, and it's not a kids' book. It's really dark freaky uh, Finnish comic that's been translated into English and it's uh, it's coming out of hardcover and it's great if you're into dark stuff. It's, uh, it's a very morbid uh, tale of a bird is uh, alone in a house uh, kind of uh, Norman Bates style with uh, some, some other <laughs> anthropomorphic creatures and I'm not going to spoil it but it's a freaky weird book and if you're into that type of stuff I highly recommend it. Um, and I know you're into that. I've been, I have. I've been waiting for this one to come out. Leaving Megalopolis, the uh, Gail Simone anti-hero superhero Kickstarter book is actually coming out through us in a hardcover format, which is awesome. Uh, Jim Calafiore and uh, Gail Simone put this one out, and it's really brutal. I mean, I, I read through it, and the, and the the first version, the Kickstarter, was great, but we put it out in the hardcover now, and the interiors look awesome. Everything about it is just it's just, <laughs> there's just gnarly stuff that happens throughout the entire book of these superheroes that won't let this, this town Megalopolis uh, uh, leave and essentially destroy everybody. Everybody. It's intense. <laughs> Definitely got to keep an eye out for that. And then uh, there's the Witcher collection, which is uh, coming out on the 24th of September. And the Witcher uh, was a video game tie-in book we did, which was pretty awesome. Um, and uh, Paul Tobin wrote that one. So again, if you're if you're in the kick with the uh, the Prometheus and the Colder, and you're looking for something else with Paul Tobin's name on it, you can either do the Witcher, or if you're feeling kidsy, you can do Plants vs Zombies. We love Paul Tobin. And uh, and then lastly, I guess I would call out that there is this prose book that's coming out of a collection of anthology short stories by Ellen Datlow called Nightmare Carnival. And it's not a graphic novel, although there are a couple uh, couple illustrations in it. It's, it's a prose book that we're actually publishing. And um, 
these books consistently are huge horror fan uh, uh, fanatic kind of books. They always seem to find their way into uh, award shows, and uh, Ellen just does great work. Um, we've done you know other stuff with her, like Lovecraft Unbound and what have you. So now we've got this Nightmare Carnival collection of just... Freaky carnival tales. What else can you ask for, right, Dan? Nothing. Nothing. Sweet. Nothing. Yeah, man. I'm just on repeat that's, at this point. Nothing. That's that's September in a <laughs> nutshell for you, baby. And you know that's uh, and, we, and then and then we move to October and uh, and uh, get crazier. Well, we'll have to talk about that next month. Yeah, you got it. So, uh, where can we find you online? Yeah, go to darkhorse.com, you can go to facebook.com backslash darkhorsecomics, Twitter backslash darkhorsecomics, or Tumblr somewhere else. Uh, we're, we're everywhere you want to be, just like Visa. Very cool. All right, well, let's get you out of here. What song do you want to play this month? Uh, we're going to send you off with the new Opeth album with uh, Pale Communion, if the eternal rains will come. Very cool. Da- uh, Dark Horse, I going to say Dark Horse, as always, um, as always. Thank you so much. You stay classy, Dan.
Spotlight this month comes to us from Cannibal Corpse with the new album, A Skeletal Domain, coming out on September 16th. This is Sadistic Embodiment. Embodiment Spreading the corruption 
Are you a monster? I don't know. Maybe you're a monster. I don't know. The Englishman, <laughs> Dave Elliott. <laughs> My ex-wife may say so. <laughs> but I, I really, I really wouldn't say. Oh, too funny. Too funny. Oh, so, good to be back, mate. How are you, sir? I'm good. I'm good. I'm kind of just as we talk. Um, I'm just getting over San Diego Comic-Con, which was the usual five, six days of craziness. Um, always good craziness. And you Very are good still, craziness this year. You are still on the West Coast as we, we talk as well. As we speak, I am on the West Coast. Um, and when this is, I will still be on the West Coast. Do you wish they could all be California girls? <laughs> Absolutely not. Unless, <laughs> unless you're listening to this in California, in which case, absolutely. <laughs> Fantastic answer. Fantastic answer. But no, let's yeah, let's definitely let's uh, start with San Diego. How was it this year? What what, uh, what was some highs for the show? Well, I mean, there wasn't any lows really. So, I mean, if if like my one low that I will actually say to you now is a, is a low was the fact that. My publisher didn't bring enough stock, which, of course, we couldn't predict. So um, 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 the new book for me that was out at the show was the first volume of Weeding Willows, which sold out after two days. High both five. my copies. All right. So both the co- Yeah, so the copies I bought and the publisher bought, gone. Um, so, yeah, and I so I could have sold easily another couple of cases or so. So that was great. I'm very happy with that. I'm also very unhappy with that because it was two days of, <laughs> uh, let me tell you about this book. Wow, can I buy a copy? No. <laughs> did you have, well, did, um, you, did you have cons- copies of um, Monster Massacre or anything like that? Or did you just have Weirding Willows for the show? No, I had, I sold, I sold copies of Monster Massacre and A1 there. So, um, but, you know, for me, the, the, the big push, um, and it's and it's been a really easy sell. I have to say, it's um, anyone that literally like nine out of ten people I engaged bought the book. Okay. Um, so yeah, so that's that was a pre- that's a pretty good number. That's very um, good. And you know what? I, uh, just to throw in from what I heard about the show in terms of, and I'm not saying keep in mind, I'm not saying people did bad sales wise. I'm saying a lot of people made the comment that they really saw it this year, 
that the show is transitioning away from the comics. So it is, it well, is, I, it I, is good to hear. I think that transitioning away from comics has been going on for 10 years. Well, yeah, yeah. But I mean, a lot of people that I knew who set up this year said they really felt it this year compared to years past. Um, yeah, no, I, I look, um, I had, um, I brought like 25 copies of, of my own stock mm-hmm. to the show. And quite honestly, I thought I would be returning with some. And I didn't know that I would sell out of my copies in a day and a half. Sure, sure. And then I had to go to the, I was taking the publisher's stock, which Titan Books is the publisher. And quite honestly, it was easy to take their stock because they were just a sea of Doctor Who. So, like, they were probably relieved they had an extra spot to put more Doctor Who covers out. We got to talk about that because you challenged me to watch Doctor Who. Oh, did you? I did. I did. We'll get to that. We'll get to that at the end. Oh, I'm, making, I'm okay. making a note um, right now that, that we're going to talk about that before we're done. All right, all right, all right. So, yeah, so I just I kept pulling the books off their table and taking them back to mine and sell them, and then be like an hour or two hours later, I'd be back over with for more stock. So, um, yeah, it was so, – so that was really good. And not only that was to have people come back. I, I had people coming back on the Saturday with friends – and they they bought a copy. They showed a copy to friends, and their friends had come back wanting to buy copies, and I didn't have any. That's fantastic, though. Uh, that is fantastic. No, it's good. It's good. So, but I think that as far as as far as you what you were saying about like you know they were feeling that the comics. I mean, to me, it's it's Comic Con is just like there's so much work you get done there. Like it's friends you see. It's business you get done it's meetings you have so it's kind of it's been one of those things where over the particular of the last few years if i can break even and or even just you know not lose too much money on going to san diego comic-con mm-hmm. we're great that's that's a really good spot to be in right right um because it is it's you know um you know and i again i'm talking from the perspective of I'm primarily a writer. I used to be an artist and trying to draw again, but I'm not very good at doing an on-the-spot sketch. Um, I hope I can improve on that so that by maybe next year I can do a, an impromptu sketch in someone's book, which I think will actually help. But I think that, you know, it's... So considering from that standpoint, I think I did well. Very cool. Very cool. Um, I think there's a, there's a lot of people like... You know, if I can sell, if, if I can do a sketch of Doctor Who or a zombie or one of the characters from Walking Dead, you know, people would come along and providing it's good, someone's going to buy it. They're of not going to look at right. the ads and say, have I heard of you? It's, mm-hmm. it's become that sort of event where the majority of people aren't looking for a name. They're not looking for a gym lead and for Greg Capullo. They're looking for... for of Spider-Man that's like really cool or right. a picture of Walking Dead or something like that that's really cool. Right, right. Or Rocket Raccoon, you know. Oh, he's a superstar now. Be careful. Hell yeah. Oh, I'm his friend. <laughs> I, 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 knew, I knew him when he was just a small little rodent. <laughs> did you see the movie while, you're, while you've been on the coast? Yes, I did. Okay. Quick, out of 10, how many, what do you give it out of 10? 
Uh oh, did I lose you? Dave. Come in, Dave. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you now. You disappeared. Okay, good. All right. Good. <laughs> so, all right. So, <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy, out of 10, I'd probably go with a 7. Okay. okay. And um, I know there's a lot of people who are very quick to Twitter calling it the new, next Star Wars. I think that <laughs> that's a wish and a half. I mean, I know it was popular. Um, I just... You know, I, I think this, the story had some major flaws. It mm-hmm. was visually very, very cool. Um, great characters, great sci-fi, special effects and stuff like that. Music soundtrack was great. They, that was a great marketing tool. Um, yeah, no, I mean, enjoyed it. But, you know, I kind of, like, left going, like, hmm, hmm did I forget to eat something? Um <laughs> It was just missing. It was just, I mean, because, look, look, Rocket Raccoon, fantastic. Groot, amazing. Loved Groot's was easily, he won it for me. Mm-hmm. He, he, was, he was the soul. He was the soul of the movie as far as I was concerned. Um, but, yeah, I just thought there were some flaws. And, okay. you know, I know people don't look, care. They, they're all ready to overlook flaws these days. But, yeah, I thought it was good. I thought it was fun. But. I just gotta say, my yeah. my my biggest flaw was uh, the fact that I saw a CGI duck, wink wink at the end. I'm not gonna ruin it for anybody. When he should have totally just been in a costume hanging out with Leah Thompson. It's all I'm saying. It's all I'm saying. <laughs> all right. Uh, no, we. I, oh gosh, we, we've been yapping about everything else, but we we got a book to talk about too. So what's well, going on? Hold on. Oh, hold yeah, on. Yeah. All right. Let's, yeah. Let's, 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 Doctor Who. Oh, you want to talk about this? All right. All right, so you, you challenged up me. Now. You, let's, let's, let's go straight into Doctor Who. Okay, Come on. so you challenged me to watch an episode. So yeah, which one? What which one did on. you watch? I Where went on. I went on Hulu. Okay, I went on Hulu and okay. I was looking through the little pictures and I was like, "Oh, this snowman one looks creepy. I'm going to watch that." Right. So uh, I text. Uh, I text my buddy and I say, "Hey." I'm gonna. I'm. I'm finally gonna watch a Doctor Who episode. I'm gonna watch Snowman, and he texts me back before I can even push play. It was so fast. He texts me back and he goes, "Don't watch that episode. Watch Blink." So I found. I I was like, "Well, what season is it?" So he told me. So I watched Doctor Who, uh, the episode Blink. Right. I don't remember what they're called now. The Weeping, the Weeping Angels, or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. Well, anyway, so So okay. I enjoyed that episode very much. I didn't like fall in love with it. I mean, if, if anything, I thought it was funny that the doctor had such a small role. But I, the writing on that episode alone was freaking that that that's worth what ten bucks to go to the movies just for the the concept on that on that episode. I thought that was fantastic. Oh, yeah. See, the thing to remember, at least for me, I, and I think what brings it to Doctor Who is. You have to you you've you've got to watch it for seasons. Oh, and I the know. more you watch, and the more it's like anything else. The more you watch it, the more you spot little things, and the more you go like, oh, that's really oh, that's a nod to this. Oh, and you know, it's it's the it's those it's the characters, and they they do build up, and it's not a you're not all done in one. You can't just watch one episode and make a choice. I mean, you really oh, no. have to make a, but. 
No, I'm glad you. I'm glad you had a good. A, so, 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 my, my, so my, my thought was that if, if he, if he told me to watch this episode because it was a really good episode, so I watched it on, and that was the high, and I would have rated that out of ten, probably a seven. Then I'm not a hundred percent sure I'm gonna. I am gonna try. I want to watch that damn snowman episode though. <laughs> so we'll see. Well, again, we'll the see. the snowman episode. I think that's this one of the specials. Where- which the specials don't actually tend to be that special. Okay. Okay. Really? Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, I would, you know, it, if you, maybe, um, I don't know if Hulu would like, you, do you have the full Hulu membership or just the, yeah. no, I got the, full, I got the full membership. Oh, oh, then maybe at some point go and, um, watch Chris, Christopher Eccleston. Okay. Watch his doctor. Okay, and start from there because if you, ha- I think one of the reasons that Doctor Who took off so well in the US was they when they brought him back and they um, started Doctor Who up again, they came in with a real action orientated Doctor Who. Like Christopher Eccleston wasn't the stand around thinker; he was more of a man of action. Okay, and I thought, and I think that was a really good choice and really pulled people in. And even though I, even though. He he was. I think he did a really good job in that season to really kind of launch Doctor Who. Um, and I know everyone loves David Tennant and they love Matt Smith, but I think Christopher Eccleston is the guy who really enabled Doctor Who to come back. So right. challenge accepted. Um, yeah. Okay. So oh, so right now onto the book. Yes, hey, onto the, the book. book yeah. Onto the book. All right. So, I mean, it's funny. It's like um, Odyssey, um, Volume 1. Um, it's, the subtitle is The History Lesson. Um, it's kind of an introduction to the world of Odyssey. Mm-hmm. Um, I would call it, I personally would call it supernatural horror. But don't go looking for giant monsters or really particularly creepy monsters or a lot of violent action. I tried to... I've tried to get under people's skin with this okay. and, and introduce a world that's like, when you get to the end of the book, you go like, yeah, there's something really skeevy with our world. And it's, and a lot of it's based in reality. Okay. Um, but I can't, so I, I kind of, I marry everything that's been going on with the fact that we have Big government is watching us all and is spying and recording everything. I have that interwoven with a story where a lot of those people in power who are doing this to us aren't human. So it's they truly aren't human. Um, the Odyssey, Odyssey is the one that's that is. I'm trying to remember. That was the one that was war based, right? Yeah, well, it starts off. It's the you know, um, when it was serialized, the story started off in World War Two, and it's uh, a lot of people who. It was funny. It was um, I deliberately went for like people to sort of pick it up, going like, "My God, this is is this Captain America?" <laughs> Fuck, on <laughs> my French. Um, <laughs> beep. Uh, Not this on this is, show, like, buddy. <laughs> It's like, wow, is this guy, it's like, you know, it's like, and 
straight off you've got this guy who gets injected with the serum and then he dies <laughs> and wow, we wow, find wow. and we and we find like he's dead and then we find the next guy we and then his body gets thrown in on a pile of other bodies we find like hundreds of people have been been injected and died mm-hmm. and it's all about they're killing soldiers to be hosts for something else and that's kind of where it starts and there's this body that they discard that they think nothing's it's failed nothing did go in so they throw the body onto the pile but something did go in and it's not what they thought it was and even he doesn't know who he is and so the story is about the whole story is him the first volume is about him at least beginning to realize that he did die he acknowledges now the fact he died 70 years ago and he hasn't aged at all and he knows he's sharing the body with something but he doesn't know what that something is nice but he but he thinks he knows what that something wants and is willing to play along with it as to whether he's right at all we're going to find out <laughs> who's your who's the who's your creative team on this one um, it's uh, Gary Gustoni, who uh, he did the vault for Image. Um, he did uh, Caliber for uh, Radical, and he did Super God with Warren Ellis for Avatar. Okay. So he's the artist, along with there's a uh, there's a section um, drawn by Toby Cypress, who's doing the white suits at Dark Dark Horse, um, and it's all colored colored by um, Sakti Yuwondo, um, a colorist out of Stellar Labs. Nice. Um, so, so that's my team. I gotta tell you this though, and for anyone, this is more not for for you because you know this, but I, I really do think that you put some of the best teams together in terms of stuff. Especially oh, this team. No, I... Especially this team. I, I, this is one I, I really like, and uh, Carpe Diem. I, I really liked the team team on that one, and then of course we were. In oh, those. Yeah. I mean, I, I really thought out of the A one when you were doing the anthology stuff that, that you just had like perfect teams involved on everything. Oh, brilliant. I'm well, not kissing your butt, those, though. All of those artists, all they all came from um, a studio in Indonesia called Stella Labs. And they're a bunch of artists that I've known now since 2006. And they're just wonderful guys to work with. They're just, just really creative, really kind of like, you know, they work with you. They come back every time with what you want and just, you know, and they're just really great people to work with. And to me, it's when you, when you enjoy the process of creation with people you like, and you know, it's, uh, that just, just makes it even sweeter. So of course, yeah, that's the whole thing behind the process. If you don't, you know, you, you've got to have that, you got to have that, um, chemistry between all of you, you know? Yeah. It definitely plays into it. But, Dave, you're out of time. No. I, I figured we were out of time about 10 minutes ago. <laughs> he doesn't know I actually hung up on him 10 minutes ago. No, you're fine. I'm giving it a shot. That's yeah, awesome, though. Like, ages no. ago, right? <laughs> no, of course not. No, that, that that's awesome, and it's, it's something to look forward to. When does the, When is that in previews, or was it already in previews? Odyssey is on your shelves as you listen to this. You lazy people out there should have already ordered it but you can still order it that's for sure you can still order it yeah which way do you want them to order it do you have a preference 
Um, hey, look, it's it's out there digitally, so you can get it from Comixology. It's out there um, through Amazon. It's that lo- local comic book store. Um, whichever whichever one you you like doing, just but give your comic book store a call. And if they don't have it, find out why the fuck they don't. <laughs> and then you make them order two copies. Yeah. At least. Order one for you, order one for the shelf. That's it. Now I got a bit I go to tell you, I just I know we gotta go, but I mean there was I have to say I was I've been well chuffed over the last couple of months with been reading you know it's the creator it's like sometimes you you don't want to read your your own reviews you go like no no i'm not gonna read them please please no um but they've all been absolutely wonderful on both reading willows and odyssey and it's just you know um yeah it does really kind of you know it it does kind of make your day a bit when like you read some of the reviews i've had so sure sure um, yeah very cool. Very cool. Well, where can we find you and all that you do online? Um, always look for Dave Elliott, D E V E L I O T on Twitter, Facebook, DeviantArt, um, get Instagram. Get me there. Very cool. Very cool. Dave, as always, it is a pleasure to have you here on the show, and I look forward to talking to you next month. Cheers, Dan. Our first prosthetic record spotlight this month comes to us from Set and Setting with their new album of Vivid Memory coming out on September 2nd. This is Coping.
Guess what, listeners? What? Not you. Oh. Not you in particular. Jeez. This is our first time doing this segment, and we've already messed it up. So now we're going to start off everyone just like that. <laughs> You're like, no, god damn it, no, what did I do? No, um, okay, so we got a new segment here on the show, and we're calling it the Monthly Metal Breakdown, or, I don't know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I've done like ten fucking interviews tonight, ugh, I'm doing this, I'm going to bed, but I'm really excited about this, because one of the things that I did want to bring to the show was more metal, and, and by that I mean, you know, uh, you know, news, tour stuff, CD reviews, stuff like that. I mean, we're not going to overdo it. I mean, you know, we're trying to mix horror and metal, but, you know, metal's a big part of this because we play all this fucking music all the time. So I got myself a co-host by the name of ZF Thomas. Sup, bitches? And if you don't know who he is, he's the man behind Trepidation Comics. He's been on the show before. Um, trying to think. You were on an early episode. Yeah, I think it was uh, I think it was one of your first. Yeah. So yeah. so go back, listen to that. You'll remember he does uh Abe, the Bible too. What else gotta, are you doing right now? Well I got a brand new one coming out actually next week. It's uh Sioux Falls. That's right. You want yeah. me to review it and I'm like, Oh my god, I keep forgetting to I I'm too into metal right now. I'm not reading comics. <laughs> <laughs> no, I hear you. I mean it's I'm kind of in the same boat. It's a weird mix. It's like you go one side, then you then you get sucked back to the other. You get sucked back to the other. But, uh, so no, so the the idea here is um, we're going to start off, we're going to talk about some tours that were announced, we'll do some news that was announced, um, and then we're going to each choose a CD, force the other person to listen to it, and review that CD. All right. Exciting, right? I, that is exciting, especially since I could really pick some bad CDs. Hey, I think I topped it all off with this month. I don't know. We'll have to wait You know, you did, and I was almost a bastard and picked off the heaviest album of all. Theory of a Dead Man's new one. <laughs> <laughs> I could have topped that. I could have topped that. I could have picked Avenged Sevenfold. Well, you could have picked But they Ad- are officially never, 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 never going to be played on this show. This is not a hard rock show. Well, they're they're hard rock. I don't know. Is the rock, pop. I'll go pop. Were they pop at this point? I don't know. I kind of hate that band. Same boat is fucking stained. Oh, new metal. There you go. Yeah, there you okay. go. Okay. Anyway, um, so I don't know. We we didn't really discuss what we're gonna do. Let's start off with tour announcements. How about that? That sounds good. Okay. Uh, so the first one I came across here is Suffocate is announcing a headlining tour. They're going to be supported by Dark Sermon, Years Since the Storm, Adelia, Reformers, Mouth of the South, and Colossus. That's a lineup right there. Yeah. Yeah, shit, it is. Um, but it looks like as the tour goes on, some of the bands drop on, drop off. Dark Sermon's fantastic. If anybody hasn't heard them, go go for them. Check that out. Um, dates Date-wise, it looks like it's running September and early October. So, fan of that band or any of those bands, go check that out. Fan of any of those? No, not really. Um, no offense to the listeners, just not really my thing. That's that's what I love about metal. There's so much of it. Oh God, yeah. All right. Uh, okay. So the next tour to talk about is uh, Suicide Silence is going on tour with the Black Dahlia Murder and Chelsea Grin. Chelsea I and Alex. Grin. I, I forgot you said Suffocation. I like them. Suffocate. Oh, okay. Well, wrong Suffocate. band. Um. So how about this one? Suicide Silence, uh, Black Dahlia Murder, ooh, Alter Beast, and Chelsea Grin. Alter Beast, I like. They're the openers, though. How about that? Well, you know, actually, some of the best bands I've seen are openers. Oh, of course. 
Yeah, sure. right now, right now, even though by the time we're done talking about it, and I, I don't hate Chimera at all. Oh, uh, see, I love Chimera. I freaking love a Legion, and Legion is three three notches down on that. Really? Yeah, because in between them, they got upon this dawning and a plot within you. Hmm. So, like I said, I don't. You don't make the tours. You don't book the tours. You just go on the tours and, and you do your thing. Yeah, I mean, actually, I saw I saw Chimera as an opening act. I did too. And they were actually one of my favorite bands I've seen live. Really? Yeah. Was this I mean, on the Jägermeister tour? It may have been. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I think it was like Lacuna Coil was there. Okay, it wasn't the Jägermeister tour that I went to then. No. No, no, that was the, uh, the, the Awful Disturbed tour. Oh, you poor man. Yeah, well. You poor, poor man. That was back in the day, though. It we got, was. We do have back in the day news coming up, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so okay, so that tour is uh, run in between uh, for the month of October. Those those bands will be on tour for the month of October. I've seen Black Dahlia Murder and uh, the new the new Suicide Silence I saw with Mayhem Fest. So decent decent lineup there. Uh, you might okay here here's one for you. I think I think Deicide is going on tour with Septic Flesh, Inquisition, and Abysmal Dawn. Yes, yes. I'm actually really excited about that one. I'm a huge Deicide fan. Does that mean you have your tickets already? No, I don't. They're coming your way uh, October 16th. Well, fuck me. I think I'm out of town. Well, that's when they're in your town. I know. <laughs> it's always the bands that I want to see. They're like, <laughs> out of town. Oh, he's out of town this week. Fuck him. Uh, well, where are you going to be? Maybe I can help you while looking at this magical list. Yeah, I'm going to be at New York Comic Con. Oh. Yeah. On so the 11th? I don't know. I don't know when the date that is. Okay. Well, they'll be in, uh, well, that's Rochester, New York. I don't know where that is. Yeah. It's probably nowhere near. Oh, here you go. On the 9th, New York, New York, uh, at the Gramercy Theater. Nice. Nice. Yeah, so I would like to see them. So there you go. Well,. No, see, yeah, all the dates around there. I think you're screwed. I, I know, right? I think you're just screwed on this one. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think so. I'm I'll have sorry. to. Uh, if they're in Chicago, sometimes sometime Chicago's they're... the day before Minnesota. God damn it! Yeah, see, screwed. Yeah, man. see, I'm uh, I'm usually uh, I actually flew um down to Chicago to see Iced Earth. Oh, nice. Yeah, got uh, got uh, got it for my birthday actually from the wife. We got uh, she got backstage passes and everything. Now that's sweet. Yeah, that's that was love. that's love right there. That was when Barlow joined the band again after they got rid of Tim Ripper Owens. See, you know so much more about metal than I do. We've gone well, over this. Know. He's the, he's the, you know the names. If someone says if someone says to me, "Oh, did you hear the new album? What was the best song?" I'll be like, "Number four. <laughs> <laughs> well, you heard that Mitch Hedberg joke, right? No. Where, oh, okay. Maybe well, not. Maybe not. Well, he's a he's a funny as hell comedian. He's like, oh, what song do you like? It's like I do not know. I listen to all my songs at random. <laughs> <laughs> That's really how it is for me. I hate to say it. I really hate to say it. So when we'll get to the reviews, and I'll I'll definitely have to break this up again. But uh, <laughs> right. so okay, so that tour is gonna run uh, in the month of October. Uh, I I love the name of this tour. This is the Reading Rainbow Tour. Jesus. <laughs> and the reason there's a reason for it. I got to Oh, it's because both bands, the Rivers of Nile and Black Crown Initiate, are both from Reading, Pennsylvania. Oh, 
That's awesome. So that makes perfect sense. I believe this is mostly, yeah, this is mostly a northern east coast tour. But uh, Rivers of, I, I really do like Rivers of Nile. I don't know the Black Crown Initiate, though. But that's going to run uh, end of September, early October. Uh, uh-oh, I might almost be out of tours here. Uh-oh. There's so many. I know, I thought I had a lot. Uh, coming up, uh, running from the end of October into November, so technically we could hold on this one, but I'm not going to. Uh, Arch Enemy with the new singer, Creator, Huntress, and Starkill. I will be front and center for this show. Hmm. Starkill is amazing. I've heard really good things about them. And you got to see Huntress. And I've never... I, I, I saw Arch Enemy with Angela, so I'm... I want to see this the, the Agonist singer do some of yeah. those songs, I suppose. I, I don't know Creator, though. And you're Creator like, Creator's yeah. awesome! <laughs> Say, I yeah. do it! <laughs> <laughs> no, they're a good band. Damn good band. Well, there you go. Well, I have a I have a tour that you didn't mention. I don't know if you mentioned it last month. No, because this is the first time we're doing this. Well, fucking right. <laughs> <laughs> is it the one that involves a review we're going to do? It does not. Okay, go ahead and do yours, though. What it's you actually got? two of my favorite bands, though, are playing together. And it will actually... Hey, we could do a, a, a cutaway to, our, to, our, uh, to a news story. Okay, okay, let me do mine first then. How about All right, that? go for it. All right, um, on tour, I believe right now, if not starting soon, is Overkill on tour with Prong, Depremacy, Ancient Dreams, and Predator. Oh, that's fantastic. So so that is something to check out, and like, we will get to Overkill again in a little bit. So you do what you got to do, and that will lead into your news. Awesome. Well, okay. Well, one of my uh, two of my favorite bands of all time are actually touring together, and they're going to start in uh, uh, November in Oakland, California, which is fitting because they're Bay Area thrash bands. It's Slayer and Exodus. Nice. With suicidal tendencies. Oh, good lord! I know. I know. Oh. I didn't know they still were around. Uh, I said the same thing about Body Count, and then there they were at Mayhem Fest. <laughs> Oh God! Yeah, I've I've actually saw Slayer live not too long ago, and God, they're just fantastic. Slayer is a band I've never gotten into. Really? Yeah. You know, it's funny though. Fun fact about it is actually their uh, their vocalist. I'm drawing a name on his uh, uh, drawing a blank on his name. He's actually a uh, he's actually a Christian. Tom Araya? Yeah. No, I knew that. I had read something about them before that I thought was absolutely. It was this is this whole article and how you know what they do is just what they do and that's all that it really you know leads up to. Yeah, yeah, but I think it's their uh, guitarist is a you know he calls himself I think a uh, a militant atheist. Kerry King. Yes, Kerry King. I was just pulling it up because I'm terrible with names right now. After You're terrible you come- names. Yeah, after I called you out, right? Oh right. <laughs> <laughs> You bastards! Are you going to? Are you going to go to this one? Uh, if they come by, yeah. Um, it looks like the closest they get to me is actually Michigan. Yeah, Detroit. But I'd go, and the reason why I want to go is I saw Exodus the last time they were here, and they were with the lead singer uh, Rob Dukes. Now, why that's important for this time is they're touring now uh, after giving Rob Dukes the boot. Do you know why they gave him out? 
Uh, they said artistic differences, but it usually means that I think that Rob's kind of, you know, he's good, but he's not Steve Zetro Sousa. And he was one of the uh, one of the the founding members of Exodus, I believe, along with Gary Holt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Gary Holt, I think, will uh, replace. Uh, he's actually, fun fact, is replacing. Uh, uh, was it Jeff Hanneman, who uh, who passed away in Slayer? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yep. He's actually uh, replacing him in Slayer right now. So everybody just all mixes together. Well, they're all Bay Area. I yeah, mean, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, and I think. I think in passing, I, I used to tell you that uh, Sutra uh, used to actually be the vocalist of Testament, my favorite band, uh, back before uh, Chuck Billy took his place and did the uh, did the fantastic uh, album The Legacy. And just before that, Kirk Hammond of Metallica was before he was in Metallica was playing with Exodus, and then he got replaced by Gary Holt. So all of this, this huge. Th- I don't know, the speed thrash scene is all Bay Area, huh? Most of it. Uh, I know Overkill, I believe, is from Jersey. Right, right. So they're, they're not applicable to this, so... Well, still. still. Yeah, no. <laughs> they're they're fantastic. I mean, they're, they actually kind of have a, a Bay Area thrash sound to me, though. But for me, this is the tour I would, I would love to see. Well, then I hope you get to see it, sir. Oh, I, I'm going to. I'm. I love the. I'm, I'm going to Detroit. I'm, I don't give a shit if it's fuck in, all of you. I'm going to Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> even if it's in a, even if after right after I get back. There you go. Plan it so it's on the way home, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. There we go. All right. Well, uh, speaking of other fanta- I don't know, fantastic news, whatever. Cold Chamber has re uh, reformed and. Today, uh, when we record this on August twelfth, they have signed to Napalm Records. Nice, is it though? Well, I like Napalm Records. I like Napalm Records as well, but I mean, I, mean, I guess Chamber, it's, I guess it's great if you're a Cold Chamber fan. Uh, yeah, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I mean, maybe not necessarily for the credibility of Napalm Records per se. But. Well, I don't know. It's, it's to me, I, just just in general, looking at Napalm's. Lineup, I don't see how they they technically fit. But again, we're talking. It's been what twelve some years since Cold Chamber was a band, minus that get together tour that they did a couple of years ago, right? So, yeah. So who knows? I mean, it, it is what it is. Can't judge. Can't judge yeah. it until it's done. I'm just saying, you know, Cold Chamber was what they were, and I look back on it now. My first concert was Cold Chamber. For Christ's sake. Was it really? It was. Cold Chamber and Seven Dust, um, Day in the Life, and Human Waste Project. That seems kind of like an odd matchup, but... Horribly. Horribly odd. <laughs> Oddly enough, Seven Dust was actually one of the first bands I've ever seen live, too. I was there for Seven Dust. I, I, I really was there for Seven Dust. And it, it, it was what it was, but... Uh, but yeah, all right. We've wasted enough time on all this news. Next time, I promise you guys, we'll we'll be more organized. This is just what happens when you do your first one. You got to find that groove. You got to get into it. But we're gonna do some some CD reviews here. Awesome. So we have uh, each chosen a song, uh, a CD, and the the way this is gonna work from here forward is the CD has to come out between the times that we we record. So next month, anything is fair game as long as it came out in between. August twelfth, and whenever we choose to record, we'll we'll set a date between ourselves. But 
um, anything that we what we chose tonight just happens to be random within the past couple months. I think that's the easiest way to put it. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right, too. Uh, we also didn't debate who was going to go first, so Dan's going to flip this magical coin. You're going to call it. Ready, heads or tails? Heads. It is tails. Damn it, we got to go with mine first. All okay. Right. Your awesome pick. All right. It, hey. Hey. <laughs> hey. All right, on August 5th, <laughs> speaking of Napalm Records, on yeah. August 5th, uh, Ailstorm put out their latest album, Sunset on the Golden Age. Uh, you know, here's, here's the thing about Ailstorm, right? I, I, I love to randomly search, uh, what came out, what's coming out, what, you know, stuff like that and, and give it a listen, you know, listen to the, the track that that's out before the album drops and whatnot. And, and Ailstorm has this song called drink and this could be my anthem for a fucking year. That song is so, just so much fun. And I was hoping that the rest of the album would be that way. So, uh, if you haven't heard Ailstorm before, I I haven't played him on this podcast. I played him on Tales from the at the end of Tales from the Water Cooler um, when I discovered the song. They are folk pirate metal, you know. So, so you have folk metal, which is what it is. It would I, and you know you mix in power metal with that for anyone who doesn't know what folk metal is, and then you just throw on a pirate accent and sing about pirates <laughs> and you have Ailstorm. Um, I didn't, I didn't hate this album, but listening to the whole thing, uh, for some odd reason, I was really hoping it was going to be more like the song drink. Uh, and it wasn't, it wasn't, I think that they do a good job at what they do. I know there's a band called uh, Swashbuckle out there, and I don't think you know if 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 you're gonna list the the bands who do this because I think there's more than these two. I'm not gonna say there's a lot because you know it is it's very very typecasted here. But you know it's I, I think Ailstorm does the best of what they do. I know their other out al- their older albums. I think they've got four five albums at this point. I should have known that going into this. But how do you get how do you get to your fifth album, fourth or fifth album, and not have a song called Walk the Plank yet? That is, I don't know. How do you if and I'm talking you're specifically only doing pirate metal. <laughs> how do you not have a song called Wooden Leg Yet? <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, before I hand it over to you, I you know the songs that stood out to me that I that I enjoyed, "Drink," I thought "Magnetic North" was a very good song. I, what I liked about that one was that it, out of all of them, it seemed to really jump around in terms of its composition. You would have slower parts, but then you would. It was the only one that had real grindy metal to it. You know, I, I thought. So. Yeah. And the other, the other one that I really enjoyed was "Hangover" because I thought that that one was kind of catchy, like "Drink." Um, but I think the the lows for the album had to be uh, "Made from Hell" and "Surf Squid Warfare." So, once again, I could have given you the numbers on those, but I purposely, purposely remembered their names. Well, that's good. That's good. I mean, you're making progress. I'm trying. I'm trying. Yeah. So, what do yeah. you think? You know, to be honest, they all kind of blurred together except for the drink. Um, I had it on a couple days actually in a row, 
and I was doing some work in the background and I none of the songs really were like, Oh, I gotta really check out what this what this track name was because it just kinda just blended into one big giant pirate anthem. <laughs> and <laughs> I mean it really I mean it wasn't terrible. I mean it, I mean it was it was about what I expect. So I mean it was enjoyable. Sort of. Sort of. Did you favorite song on the album? Drink. Drink. Yeah. yeah. It, I mean, it really is a catchy. Like, if I had a party, if I had people over, that song would be on. Yeah. I it's, mean, it's catchy. It gets you going. Well, you know, I mean, that song, I mean, I, I, I was humming that when I was cleaning up my kid last night. <laughs> I mean, probably a terrible choice of song. But, oh, that's funny. you know. Looks like yeah. it's five. Five CDs. They came out in 2000. The first CD, uh, Black Sails at Midnight, came out in 2000. No. Well, whatever I'm looking at here has them in the wrong order. Captain Morgan's Revenge came out in 2008. That sounds about right, yeah. Yeah, and I think they've had a couple lineup changes since then, too. Possibly. I mean, you know, some people might get a little tired of playing <laughs> playing some pirate metal. <laughs> yeah. All right, overall, out of 10, uh, I'm going to give Sunset on the Golden Age of I think that's a fair. I think that's a fair assessment. All right. What, what was your CD? What My you CD was actually the White Devil Armory by Overkill, which came on July twenty second of this year, and it's uh, was released by Entertainment One US LP. Uh, usually, you know, the past I think three bands by uh, uh, three bands, three albums that came up by Overkill were actually produced by themselves, which. To, to me is the best thing that they this thing uh, that this band has been able to do is that they kind of got out of the bureaucracy of the record label industry and they just did what they do best they fuck shit up just straight up they go out there and they just want to play as heavy and as hard and as fast as possible and for me this is probably the best of their last three top albums it's just heavy, it's fast, it's everything that I have come to love and enjoy about an Overkill album, and it certainly was worth the wait. How long was the wait? Uh, I think 2012? Oh, so not a long wait. No, I mean, it wasn't like when I waited 10 years for a Testament album. Yeah, it's not like yeah. waiting for, for the new tool to come out. Oh, God, you'll... you'll <laughs> I'll be in the ground before that. Oh, you probably will be. <laughs> Do you imagine the people who are, you know, excited to uh to wait for the uh the crossover between Trent Reznor and uh and and Maynard James Keenan? Yeah, that, yeah. God. Nobody but me. Yeah, well, you know. I like Trent, but yeah, I mean this this album for me was is actually a contender for album of the year. Ooh, okay. Yeah. I I was blown away by it. I mean, there weren't really any bad songs per se. It's got a couple. Uh, it's got a couple good covers at the end, which I kind of enjoyed. Which is the fight song and Miss Misery, and the original artists are eluding me for whatever reason. But don't ask me. I don't know. Yeah, but for me, the top pick of the song is definitely Pig. It's it's got that perfect thrash kind of kind of sound to it, and it just it it it's one of the few albums that when I listen to, it's I kind of forget that I'm doing something else, and I just kind of. Kind of want to thrash along. That's a Nazareth song, is what you were trying to figure out. Yes, yes, that's that sounds about right. So, I mean, if I were to give this a numerical score, I'd probably oh, hold give... on, you save that to the end. 
Oh, well. You save that to the end. I have to talk about this first. Oh, all right. All right, I'm going to blow your mind. Are you ready? All right. If I'm I'm counting correctly, this is Overkill's 17th album? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, it's been around since, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I don't see that here. I'm looking at the wrong Wikipedia page at the moment. Okay, so 17 albums. Now, how many of those do you think I have ever listened to? One. None. You, you didn't even listen to White Devil Armory? Well, I listened to this. That counts. I, I, I mean, before <laughs> this. Before this. Um, no, I mean, you know, Thrash has never my never been my thing, which is why I think this segment's going to be great, because you're going to be like, listen to this, listen to this. I'll be like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, and it's not like it's my most hated genre. Pirate Metal has now taken that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but no, um, and it, and the the funny thing about this is I loved it. I, I absolutely loved this album. Now, I don't... I, I'm not in love with his voice, but no, no. I am in love with the music. The, just the music in general. I, I thought that the way it came together, and, and I, I had read some, you know, prepping for this, I had read some other reviews on this album in particular, and, you know, kind of read that, you know, then this was kind of an upswing for him after the stuff that had come out before and, and whatnot. So that that's cool that... Overkill fans are, are reacting that way. So for me to enter in on this, you know, I would ask you, you know, hey, what what other one should I check out? Because I, I really did enjoy this. Um, I thought that it was very... I, I thought it started off weak. I thought the middle was very solid. And then I thought it, it finished really good. Um, when I was listening to this, I was on the treadmill the whole damn time. And uh, it was perfect for that. Oh, for sure. You know, so so that that was really you know in terms of like a pick me up, get, get your ass going. This album totally did that. Um, my favorite songs were uh, definitely "Down to the Bone," "Freedom Rings," and "Bitter Pill." I th- "Freedom Rings" was fantastic. I love that the intro on that one. Yes, I thought that was that was definitely great. But my lows are the armor, armorist. Yep, I agree. I, 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 I thought that was a horrible one to start the CD off with because it was the most annoying out of the bunch. Um, and I, I didn't like Pig. Really? I didn't so, like I, Pig. Those were the two that, that I really wanted to point out that I didn't care for. I loved – see, Pig was my favorite. Yeah, so – I just – I don't know. It kind of reminded me of the old school Exodus, kind of old school overkill, a little bit of uh, Death Angel in there. And it just – for me, that's that's kind of what I go for. Okay. So. But yeah, no, definitely, uh, you know, when we're done recording, I'm going to ask you which, which album to check out next. So. Well, I can tell you right now. Yeah, tell everybody. All right, well, if you're an Overkill fan, I liked um, Ironclad. Okay. I, oh, Ironbound, I'm sorry. Ironbound, which came out in 2010, which is their first album on their upswing, which was uh, uh, which they produced themselves. And then their follow-up to that, which is their previous album, The Electric Age, which came out in 2012. Those two, if you liked uh, this previous album, you're going you're gonna to like the other two. Okay. I will and, definitely look into him then. Yeah, and I mean the thing about the his voice is it's changed so much throughout the years where he kind of had this really high-pitched obnoxious kind of kind of a whine to it, but I think all the years of, you know, rocking out it probably did us some favors. Sure. Yeah. All right, what are you going to give this one? I'd probably give it about an 8 Point three out of ten. Oh, you're getting so specific. I am. IDN <laughs> score. I'm going with a uh, with the seven point five. Okay. On this one, 
Yeah. All right. Well, I know I know we ran like way too long on our first one here, folks. Like I said, we're going to clean it up. We're going to get get it all figured out because, you know, we're trying to aim for 15 minutes and we're at 30. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, real quick, um, where where can people check out everything that you do and, and, you know, throw your promotions in right now? What are you what are you working on? What do we got going on? Well, my, uh, I'm working on three books right now. I'm working on a follow-up to the Bible 2 called Bible 2 Double-Crossed, which is uh, the absolute, uh, hands-down, best sequel to the Bible you'll ever find. And it's officially licensed. Imagine that. And uh, another book that I'm doing is uh, Joseph Smith in Space, which is the oh my God. yeah the sequel to uh, the Book of Mormon. Please tell me you're doing Salt Lake Comic Con. <laughs> I'm going to, yes. It's coming out, uh, I think, later this year. And then uh, the one, as I said earlier, is going to be Sioux Falls, which is my steampunk story, and that's coming out next week. Very cool. Yeah, and you can. So by find the time it, you hear this, it is out. Yeah, by the time you do hear it, yeah, it'll be it'll be out like a month, or no, almost no, I'm a, a couple Close. weeks, couple weeks. Yeah, so it'll be so that that'll be nice. I mean, it's uh, you can pick it up at uh, my Facebook page, which is the Bible Two Comic. Okay. Yeah, so that's website kind of, or anything else, Twitter. I don't really use Twitter. I, okay. I I I try to, and then I forget about it, and then I remember it, and then it's kind of like a six month period of yeah. me forgetting it. That's about as good as I am on it. Oh God, I'm so bad. Twitter's horrible. Yeah, I feel like I feel like I have Alzheimer's with it. <laughs> All right, we're gonna get out of here with the the song that you want to hear. Awesome. Week. What do you want to yeah. play? I want to do Onslaught from their last album, uh, with called Six Six Fucking Six. That's the name of the CD? Well, no, the album's just called Six. Oh, okay. Yeah. That is the name of the song. That is the name of the song, though. Very cool. It's fantastic. And it's actually uh, kind of a thrash band from Europe. Very cool. The UK, if you want to be specific. All right. Well, everybody enjoy the song. Zia, I will talk to you next month. Sounds good. See you then. Dream
right, it is interview time here on Monsters and Metal. And joining me for his first time on this show, even though he has a show of his own and we're cross-promoting podcasts, this guy has a voice for podcasting and radio. Let me tell you that. I've listened to his stuff a little bit, and I, I gotta say that. So welcome, Dave of the Drunken Dead Podcast. Right on, bro. Hey, man, that's so sweet, dude. You're adorable, dude. I want to pick you up and give you a hug and whatnot. For real. <laughs> What's going on, dude? I don't know. Banned I... from the show already. <laughs> <laughs> hey, can I curse on here? Because I got kind yeah, of I don't have a filter, no. so no, I, I kind of let it fly. Yeah, do what you want to do. That's the beauty of podcasting, right? You can say whatever the fuck you want, right? Exactly. That's right. Yeah, I'm you are, dude. I'm pumped, man. I thank you so much for having me on your show, dude. I really appreciate it. Thank you for being a part of the show because you know you're 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 doing something that crosses streams with what we do here on this show and you happen to be a metalhead as well so I mean, absolutely dude there you go so it, so it all plays in so what we're going to talk about first is we're going to talk about your podcast so let's start uh, there let's start with who you are what do you do all right i'm not going to pull a michael bay and be like i can't do this and then walk off and hang up right <laughs> <laughs> that fucking guy Ugh, Transformers. <laughs> oh god uh, <laughs> well, my name is David. I am the host and uh, founder of the Drunken Dead podcast. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Drunken Dead. You can also get us, as I say, on that Twitter page, son, at the Drunken Dead. We have a, a lot of followers. We've got a really great following. We've been doing this podcast for about a year, and basically what we're doing, it'll be a year in September, so we're going to have like a big party, so I'm totally going to invite you guys out uh, if you can, if you have the time and whatnot. We're going to do a live podcast uh, possibly on Ustream while we're here at my house inside the Wayne Manor, is like I like to call it. Um, the Drunk and Dead podcast is basically, it's a comedy podcast. Like we do, uh, uh, we talk about a lot of different things. We talk about pop culture, the stuff that's going on right now. I'm actually a little bit bummed out right now with the whole Robin Williams thing that just recently happened. And uh, we're going to be doing a big dedication on Friday because that's when we record is every other Friday um, to Robin Williams. And uh, may he rest in peace, man. He's been one of my comedy idols for a very long time. But uh, the Drunk and Dead podcast, what we do is we do a couple of things. We have a bunch of different segments. So um, we basically have a social drinking time because we, we drink throughout the whole entire podcast. That's why it's called The Drunken Dead because I ain't going to lie. I get drunk as fuck. So. He's drinking <laughs> uh, right now. Yeah, by the end of the podcast, we're like super drunk. So um, we, we have a social drinking time that starts off. Then we kick it off to uh, uh, the, the social drinking time is basically just to kind of catch up uh, with my two co-hosts, Rob and Wolfie. Shout out to them. They're, they're freaking awesome, man. Without them, the podcast just couldn't happen, man. I really love those guys with all the feels that I have and whatnot. They've been a great addition to the show. We've gone through several different co-hosts over the last year, and uh, I think we got a good fit with some really nice people that are that are definitely uh, adding a lot of uh, anime value, sports uh, sports uh, information, and because uh, uh, Rob's a big sports fanatic. And uh, Wolfie's actually a cosplayer. She's she's super cute. If you guys go to the Facebook page, you can see her and stuff. Um, but uh, and you know, drool a little bit, and you know, maybe feel a little bit of blood move to the head of your dick. Um, and, uh, um, after that, we do a top ten. We're, we we kind of trying to mix it up. But for right now, the the real sweet spot that we hit is the uh, uh, the the top ten tweets, as I call it, slash twats 
on the Facebook, on the uh, Drunk and Dead uh, uh, Twitter feed. So what I do is I go through uh, our entire Twitter feed, all the people that we're following, because they are some talented people that are really, really funny, surprisingly funny, actually. And we go through the top 10. So what I do is I pick 10, uh, uh, 10 of the top ones that I like. We go through the countdown. We have sound effects and everything like that, and it's just great. Then after that, what we do is because we're comic book fanatics, too, and I'm a big comic book nerd. Like, I ain't going to lie. Like you read about, man, I am a, like as geeky as it gets when it comes to comic comics and hopefully we'll be able to talk about that a little bit later on and talk about some of the movies that i recently saw okay. i saw gardens guardians of the galaxy yesterday mm. um <laughs> way to take a shitty comic book and make it into a shitty movie anyway i'm gonna leave it at that uh, <laughs> um uh so then after that what we do is we take the walking dead comics which you can get digitally through like Comicsology, or you can go to imagecomics.com and download them there, or you can go as I prefer. You can go to uh, any brick and mortar comic book sh uh, shop, throw them some money, like Second and Charles in in, in Aurora, um, or, or the place that I like, which is Graham Crackers, which is right by my house. They have a plethora, a plethora. That's a great word, right? It is. Uh, plethora of stuff that you guys can throw money at um including like old school video gaming machines play some street fighter 2 some galaga or whatever and for the low low price of like i don't know two grand you can take it home and put it somewhere in your bedroom or something i don't know <laughs> and ring up your electric bill by like a thousand dollars a month or whatever to keep that bitch running that's right um so so we go through the walking dead comics like me personally I've watched all of the Walking Dead series, and I know you don't like the series, and I'm not sure how you feel about the comic books, but my personal opinion is that the comic books trump anything that's on TV right now. Well, it's just a way better format, way more characters, and what we do during the read, which was really nice, is that um, I'm known by Rob. Rob calls me the man of 25 voices. So what we do is we actually do uh, different voices for all of the different characters. So, for example, for, uh, like, Dale, who's the old man in the series, he's like, Dale sounds a little bit like this. Where's my depends? And, uh... Uh, obviously one of my favorite characters and one of my fans' favorite characters of our listeners that listen is Rick Grimes. And Rick Grimes sounds kind of like this. You don't know who you're fucking with. And then we do a couple other characters like little Carl and whatnot. And Carl sounds a little bit like this, guys. Um, and we even have Alan. And Alan sounds a little bit like this, McCoy. He's always kind of like cool and calm, McCoy, whenever things are happening, McCoy. Uh, and we have a couple other different characters that we do throughout the show. So <laughs> um, what's really funny is that uh, uh, Rob, he's been out the last couple episodes because he's been kind of sick and whatnot. Um, uh, he's uh, actually... Um, uh, 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 he does all the girl voices for the most part. So okay. between him and Wolfie, they do the girl parts like Lori and Andrea. And it's just really funny just the way that that whole, the culmination of talent that I have in my studio at all times. And we also have special guests and stuff that come on from time to time. It's really, really impressive. So then after the, uh, uh, during the actual read and during the show, we have what's called the drunken dead drinking game. So in case you haven't heard already, um, David, as in myself, I hate talking about myself in the third person, but David actually says a lot of words, which is kind of like his nervous tick, and those are sir, son, whatnot, and uh, some such shit, and any time that I say any of those words, I actually have to drink. Uh, <laughs> one, <laughs> one of the other things that we do is we have something where Rob, Rob actually, Rob, my co-host and producer, he has the world's tiniest bladder. He literally has the bladder of a five-year-old. It's not, it's like no joke, like a fucking pregnant woman on Sunday. It's like, 
Anytime that he has to go take a piss, or if anybody has to take a piss, they have to drink when they come back after they're done taking a piss, and we have a sound effect for that. Um, also, um, uh, anytime somebody fucks up during the read, they have to drink. So then that takes me out of the equation, because I rarely ever fuck up. And uh, when Wolfie or Rob has just a colossal fuck up, they have to drink. Now... The last rule of the drinking game is if somebody just messes up completely, like they're reading on the wrong page, or they don't know which character to read, or they mess up the voice or whatever, we have something called the Drunken Dead Penalty Shot. We have some special music for that, and they, well, self-explanatory, they have to take a shot. So by the end of the podcast, people are not able to go down the stairs in the in, from the studio because the studio leads to a set of stairs that goes to the kitchen in case somebody has to get an extra beer or a Mike's Hard Lemonade or Black Cherry, whatever the fuck, that frou-frou shit that people drink. Um, <laughs> me, myself, I keep my whiskey upstairs so with a big bucket of ice so that I can, you know, keep... Exactly. Sp- times you know what i mean exactly i ain't no rookie son (laughs) so so, uh the last podcast we had some really nice guests that came on very very cool people we're going to be having some more uh people coming on very soon that are are in some different local bands because one of the things that we like to do is we like to promote uh, cosplayers as well as um uh musicians you know rock musicians whatever so we've had a couple hosts uh guest hosts on the show um such as like seven soul um worm who's a uh, very popular they also have a, a secondary spin-off band which is a nine inch nails tribute band called now i'm nothing they're actually playing on saturday and i'm totally going to be there drinking my ass off hopefully having some drinking games with some people at the same time nice. also have some live shows coming up and whatnot and that's that's basically it so kind of just to sum up the whole thing the Drunken Dead Pod, and I was thinking about this all day today. Drunken Dead Podcast is kind of like, have you ever been like really, really hungry and you left your wallet at home and you're like turning your pockets inside out and then magically out of nowhere, you find 20 bucks on the ground? That's what the Drunken Dead Podcast is all about, sir. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. I hope there's a shirt that says that. I do have a Drunken Dead shirt that we're going to be redesigning. <laughs> we're also working on the DrunkenDeadPodcast.com, which is going to be designed hopefully pretty soon. I have to talk to my designer, and uh, we're also going to be uh, celebrating the one-year anniversary of the podcast. So we're going to have a new logo and stuff. Right now we have basically a zombie drinking like a little frou-frou drink or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're going to be redesigning it. We found a graphic designer, actually a friend of mine, uh, Anthony Camastro of Anthony Camastro Photography. He's our photographer as well. And uh, he hooked me up with somebody that he met at a comic book convention, and she has offered her services in September, or actually late August to beginning of September, which is actually really, really cool. So we're really looking forward to seeing what she can do digitally to kind of bring the Drunk and Dead podcast to the next level. I mean, our podcast is actually very, very unique because – Nobody has yet to combine story time, drinking with your buddies, and pop culture references all into one podcast. So there's been a bunch of other ones that are out there that are kind of, they talk about, you know, uh, uh, like just those those ultra fanboys that talk about all of the plot holes and right, right. Texas Massacre 1 and 2 or whatever the fuck. And uh, we're not like that. So we talk about some other, you know, a lot of pop culture stuff. Like we talk about True Blood. We talk about um, Game of Thrones. Just It's not all zombie related, although I'm a big, huge zombie fan. I've got zombie shit all over my, my podcasting table um, next to my mixer and stuff. I've got like a, those, those little um, uh, pop whatever the fuck they're called. It just says pop on yeah, the, the pop finals. Yeah. 
Yeah. I have like five of them sitting on my desk. I got a little Michonne. I've got a, a Carl. I've got a Glenn. I've got a, a a Maggie. And then, of course, because I'm a big, big Lebowski fan, I've got the dude right in the middle, bro. <laughs> Very nice. All right. So so in terms of the, the book you guys read. Shut the fuck up, Danny. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> Good Lord. I'm telling you. So- I had to pull- <laughs> In terms of the book you guys read for for the episode, do you go in order or do you just jump around? No, we don't jump around. We like to keep it continuous. So from one episode to the next, we do a recap of what happened last time because I believe in the Stan Lee method, okay? Um, If you're a comic book fan, you know that Stan Lee, with every comic book that he comes out with, he tells the backstory at the very beginning in case it's the very first time that you're reading the the, the comic, or in this case, if it's your very first time listening to the podcast. Okay. And we started from book one. Um, We actually got my my two co-hosts have the compendium, volume one. We're about a third of the way through right now. Um, And I go off the hardcover ones because I'm snooty like that. Uh, <laughs> the first hardcover book I actually had signed by Tony Moore at C2E2 last year. I'm still trying to get him on the podcast as well. I've sent him a couple of emails on Facebook, but he's, you know, he's busy, you sure. know, uh, between getting tattoos and doing drawings and working on this, uh, uh, this Assassin's Creed thing that he's got going on right now. And obviously the, the, the creative influence on the show. And I can understand that the dude's going to be busy, but I did I did have two conversations with him. He's a really cool guy, very down to earth. He even signed three of my uh, Walking Dead number one comics, and also a a, a full color print. Um, and he said, uh, uh, "Look alive, David, rot the fuck on," which is really awesome because at the very end of the podcast, that's my 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 sign off line, which is "rot the fuck on." Nice, so, very cool. Yeah. That's very cool. All right, remind us uh, before we take a break here. Where can we find you online? We're going to check can, it out. Oh, yeah, dude. If you want to download the podcast, it's really easy. We're available on iTunes or on Android. Not a big deal. Just get a podcasting app and look for the Drunken Dead podcast, and you'll find it. If you want to listen from your home computer, you can go to uh, the Drunken Dead podcast.buzzsprout.com. You can also go to facebook.com slash the Drunken Dead or on that Twitter page, son, at the Drunken Dead, and you can find us there. Very cool, very cool. All right, we're going to throw it to a song of your choice first. So what do you want to uh, hear? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I just recently saw Nine Inch Nails here in, in Illinois in Tinley Park, I think. Um, I was drunk, so I don't remember what place it was. I think it was <laughs> Twitter Center uh, or something. I don't know what it's called right now. Uh, I'm three drinks in. It's always uh, the world. <laughs> it's always the world. But it was an amazing fucking show, man. They actually played with, uh, I think it was Killswitch Engage as well. So it was pretty awesome. But uh, um, uh, the the song that I picked is one of my personal favorites. I listen to it whenever I'm either reading a comic book or smoking weed. Um, and uh, it's called Piggy, man. Very cool. All right. Well, we'll check, out, check that out. Do some stuff in between, and you will be back to talk whatever the hell else we're going to talk about. Right on, man. I'm looking forward to it.
Our next Century Media Spotlight comes to us from Dark Fortress, with their new album, Venereal Dawn, coming out on September 2nd. This is Chrysalis.
is time for another Strange Kids Club Presents What's Cracklin' with my new co-host, the Southern Sensation. Yay! So, uh, Randall is on vacation this month, and we decided that if he's on vacation, we're going to take a little vacation from Crackle. He's on vacation for a whole month? Yeah, he, he gets the whole month off. Can you believe that? Lucky... I know. It even runs Strange Kids Club. I mean, he's just lucky all around. Yeah. I guess I better go and look at his site and see what we have to promote anyway. But uh, Aaron and I are going to take, <coughs> take a break from Crackle for the month, and we're going to review a movie that I love to force people to watch because you're either going to find that they love it or they will curse you until the day you die because you made them sit – if you can get them to sit through the whole thing, and that is Meet the Feebles. Meet the Feebles. Oh, Meet the Feebles. We're not your average. Ordinary Peebles. No. Uh, okay, Meet the Feebles came out in 1989. It was directed and... I'm trying to think written by, but it's not. Uh, it was directed by Peter Jackson. This is one of he the... He was written by like four people, and he was the last one on there. Okay. So yes, he, he is a part of the the people who wrote this. Uh, this was his, I believe, second movie after Bad Taste. Because I do believe Dead Alive came after this. Ooh, I like Dead Alive. Ooh, I love Bad Taste. This, that's my trilogy. That's, that's this, These three are my trilogy of why Peter Jackson's amazing and not anymore. So Frighteners <laughs> don't register? Frighteners does. No, Frighteners does, but that's pre leaving New Zealand or post post leaving New Zealand because After. this was... he went back he went back to New Zealand well he did at one point he did so uh, okay so what we have here is I like to just call it the Muppet show on acid because you you have there's no humans in this everything is is puppet uh, whether it's a guy or girl in a costume or it's it's you know typical traditional puppet and it's it's the muppet show just gone adult for the most part there's so much wrong with it yet it's probably one of the better dark comedies i've ever seen it's got freaking songs that will drive you nuts yet you can't get out of your head um and, and the IMDb rating is way too low on it. I will say that. <laughs> um, I can't. Rem- I can't even remember how I came across this because I remember someone telling me in high school I I had to to rent it, and I was the person who you'd go to to magically find the movies to rent, and then I instantly just, just after watching like ten minutes of it, attached the other VCR and just made myself a copy. That's pretty high tech. What was that illegal? Should I have said that? Mm. I don't know. So, you know, me personally knowing this movie, um, there's so many different layers and so many different storylines that go along in it. You have one of Heidi the Hippo and Bletch where, you know, she's trying to... Heidi the Hippo with... she's a cr- I thought she was a cranky cow with, with boobs. That was nipping out. But see, then you see the cow later during the uh, the porno yeah. scenes. Yeah. With the uh, what, nostril porn? 
I don't do snow films. They... <laughs> nasal porn is what they call it. Nasal porn. <laughs> that that just brings up that, all that the all the great up, quotes. All the great quotes. Um, oh. but, you know, Robert, he, he's oh, he's too funny. Oh. Hi, I'm movies, and I'd like to wobble you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Now, seriously, as, as a person who's new to this, is, give, give me your take on it. Well, there was a walrus screwing a, a rat, or, or was it a cat? It was kind of, they're all kind of scraggly looking in this thing. Uh, it was see, one of my notes. It was a cat. I did make notes. It was the oddest film I've ever made notes on. <laughs> did you find your notes yet? Did you find your notes yet? I did. Uh, I got one leg missing. How do I get around? It's got some good songs. I like, that's probably the best song. And you don't notice, you don't know why he's playing the piano with a shoe on his. You think it's his arm until he talks about he's got a leg missing. And then there's this talking fly hanging out in the toilet eating shit. And he's like, You want to join me for lunch? <laughs> but I thought this, the sets of this movie were pretty awesome. They were just detailed and kind of dark and creepy. And being for a Muppet movie, quote unquote Muppet movie. That they were pretty, pretty cool. Not like the real life settings that the Muppets use, but they made like dungeon-looking things and the big old monster in the in the floor that they threw the dead cockroach in after the cow squashed it. Well, maybe I can turn this into a snuff film. <laughs> and then you got the the weird scene towards the end where they go meet Mister Big. Big. Yeah. You know, and that is horribly dark. Yeah, and and I guess they flash back to Vietnam. (laughs) And he's a captive, so he's playing Russian roulette. And when he had the full cylinder, I thought he was just going to grow some balls and go all Rambo. But the ricochet was a a nice touch. And all all the Vietnam... Our characters are rabbits because of yeah. the buck teeth. Oh my god, it's so it's so wrong. It's so wrong. And one of the one of the quotes that always always stuck in my head, and I'll, I'll apologize for for saying it, but it's it's when the one soldier turns around and goes, "Well, the gook's got a ball." <laughs> that always always stuck in my head. Is one of the funniest parts of the movie. I, and I don't know why it's not meant to be me being mean and and whatnot. I just the way that that voice is done and the way that that puppet's face is at that time just cracks me up. And that's the Battletoad platoon. Just so we're all clear, that is led by the the Battletoads. I thought they were like alligators or something. Well, they are, but that leader, he's he's the toad. He's he's got the frickin'. Uh, cigar in his mouth. He's all ripped. He's buff. Oh, and then you come back and you're addicted to smack. Life is rough, especially if you're Harry. How about that? How about the, the story of Harry? He's what three weighing 
some some chicks at the start, and then they tell him he's got the big one. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Life is rough, but then he gets some good news, and he's going to live. Oh. Too soon. Then, uh, Too soon. Then it all goes to hell. It does. The Rambo moment did happen. It just wasn't with this this alligator in Vietnam. True. That is true. So, over, overall, what would you give this movie out of ten? Just because someone could think of suicide via machine gun... I give it a 10. <laughs> Goodbye, life. Hello, death. <laughs> with, a, with like a 10-foot bandolier. Suicide. <laughs> oh, I, I give Meet me the Feebles a 10, too. It's, it's definitely a movie that's at the top of my list. I'm, I'm glad you weren't one of the people. I, I knew you weren't going to be, but I, I'm glad you're one of the people who was able to take it and, and enjoy it. There are some of those movies that are just so dumb, it's funny. Are you saying this is dumb? It's a funny dumb. Oh. Like Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't know if I would call this funny dumb. You're not supposed, or something you're not supposed to take seriously. Well, that's true. That 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 is true. But yeah, it's definitely if if you like oddball stuff and you and you have not had the chance to see Meet the Feebles, definitely something that you you need to see. I would think this was before Dead Alive because the grossness factor in Dead Alive is like infinity times more. Than in this one. Have you not seen Bad Taste either? No. Alright, we're gonna get you some Bad Taste. Yeah, Dead Alive came out in 92, and this came out in 89. And then I believe Bad Taste was 86. 87. There's, there's a, everybody looks scraggly in here, and there's a lot of sad characters. I mean, that were emotionally sad, but that rat or something. Not Trevor. the rat. Something else. He did look like a scraggly character from the Muppets. I don't know his name, but you talking about the the one who snorted? Yeah. Who was kind of like doing a, this? Yeah, he was a Gonzo for sure. No, I mean, there's actually a, a ratty-looking character in the Muppets. Looks oh, like oh, I know who you're talking about. Looks yeah. like a cross between a rat and Salacious Crumb from yeah. Return of the Jedi. I know, I know exactly who you're talking about now. Um, so yeah, definitely if you have a chance, go out, go out and see, uh, see Meet the Feebles. If you're lucky, maybe you'd see it in a theater someday, but it'd probably never happen. Are there places that do that? Uh, I highly doubt it with this movie. I mean, there's, there's like the Second Chance, the Second Chance Theater here will play cult classics on I'm the sure weekend. If you, if you went to the theater and you tried to order it. You had them try to get a copy of it. They they could do that, but you'd have to pay for it. Yeah, I, don't I would it. pay to see this in the theater. That's definitely for sure. So okay, um, since Ronald isn't here, I still have to promote his stuff. So go over to Strange Kids Club com, and you can check out all the things that they're up to. Uh, but when we're recording this, uh, they are talking about. See, he said there wasn't going to be much this month. Oh, here they go. They're talking about the Executioner's Song story arc from Marvel Comics. So you can check that out. That's not really horror or anything, though. 
No. So there's that. There's there's plenty of stuff. You guys know everything they do, and they sell all the good stuff, and there is all that. So Ronda will be back next month, but strangekidsclub.com. And I want to thank my co-host this, this month. You guys probably remember him from the fan episode, the now-dead fan episode. Wah, wah. But if you but, don't, uh, Aaron, where can people check you out? Where, where can they see what you're up to? Uh, Twitter, Facebook, Twitter, Aaron A R O N underscore W. But you gotta, you gotta request it. I, I'm private. Oh, secretive. I am. Find out what the secrets are. <laughs> Well, well, we'll definitely have to do that. And um, what's a movie everyone else should should go check out since you're not going to be here next month? Uh, um, Tucker and Dale versus Evil. There you go. Hey, did you, you did you, you tell me there one? was a no? We have because it, it hasn't been on Crackle yet. Oh. But didn't you say they were going to make a sequel? That's what I heard. So Alan go. Alan Tudyk and the other guy. That I don't can't even remember his name. The comedian, the the big guy. Yeah, yeah. the guy from uh, Zach and Mary who's all been rough. <laughs> the drunk guy. Oh my god, he had <laughs> the quarterback. He was all huck it, shuck it, football <laughs> all night. Easily one of my favorite parts from from that movie. That's for sure. Um. Oh. You're, gonna, you're, you're picking the song this month. What are we going to listen to? Let's get out here and uh, listen to the song. What do you want to hear? We are going to listen to Living on a Prayer by Bon Jovi. Oh, hell no, we're not. What else? Hell you no. No, we're not. I got Screamer by the band King's X. Very cool. Aaron, thank you so much for filling in, and I'll talk to you soon. All right.
how about we do this, folks? How about we do a listener request? And it, you know what? Here's how simple it is. Go to the Monsters of Metal Facebook page and just post a song you want to hear. If it's probably, you know what I'll probably do is probably the first one between episodes would be the one that we'll do as a fan request. Um, just to make it easy, the first person who does it, you get to hear the song you want. If you even think about Avenged Sevenfold, I'll never play it, so you'll just be skipped. So we'll just make it simple like that. So, uh, yeah, so our first fan request song uh, for this month, because I think we have technically done it before, but anyways, I'm just rambling and rambling and rambling at this point. Anyway, fan request comes to us from Andy Cordy, the man behind the manor comic which is fantastic webcomic that you can easily go check out. And it's free because it's a webcomic, so how about that? Let's go to the manor something. I apologize, Andy. I apologize. Anyway, Andy wanted to hear some Rammstein. So, Andy, this is for you. This is Angel.
kick him out even though he called me out at the end of that part one <laughs> i gotta tell you i gotta tell you no dave from the drunken dead is still with us here hey dave yo so uh now we're gonna kind of talk about just you and you in general in, in terms of you know comics and horror and whatnot so let, let's start there what got you into comics in the first place uh you know what what got me into comics was uh i um when I was a kid, I wasn't exactly popular. I was very outspoken, but not very popular. I was that weird comic book kid and the, the weird movie kid that watched Beverly Hills Cop 25 times and can recite every fucking line. And uh, and I can do that for you if you like, but we'll wait for that for later. Um, that will be a special episode. Because <laughs> I fucking love Beverly Hills Cop and I am accepting the challenge. Wait, wait, wait. No dice here. This is a... I, I said $5,000, not $2,000. What's this? $5,000. Read my lips. $5,000. Well, I mean, this is bullshit here. <laughs> um, no, so so I got my first comic book. My mom, who, who died... Uh, she actually died recently. She died in uh, June of this year, actually. Um, and, Sorry to hear that. Yeah, no, no worries, man. And my dad died the year before, so it's it's been a weird year. Uh, uh, but, uh, um, uh, uh, I went to a comic book shop and I lived in Downers Grove at the time when I was like, I don't know, eight or nine or something like that. And I picked up, uh, Tales of the Crypt, uh, Tales from the Crypt, uh, comic. And I was like, oh, this is fucking awesome. <laughs> and then, you know what? I picked up my first Batman full book, which was, uh, The Dark Knight Returns. Okay. And I was hooked from then on. I've been a Batman fan ever since, man. It's like going on 20 years now. Um, I've got a very extensive collection of Batman comics and the, the hard, I prefer the hardcover books because they last longer. But, uh, you know, anytime that there's a free comic book day or whatever, I'm always looking for Batman. I wear Batman shit all the time. I have a bunch of like limited edition, you know, Court of Owls mask that came with the Court of Owls book in there. Um, but uh, that, that's kind of what, what started me off. I, I just became a fan, like, right away. And even when it wasn't so cool to be a, a comic book fan, I still was. I said, fuck you guys. I'm going to, you know, do what I got to do. And I grew up in Puerto Rico, just to, like, explain. I moved around a lot, but most of my life I actually lived in Puerto Rico. And there weren't a lot of comic book shops there. They're actually, they're, I'm not going to lie. That's bullshit. There weren't any. All right? So I had to buy them <laughs> all over the phone. So, so... So I'm like, you know, I'm sitting in school, cutting class, whatever, and I'm reading comics. And um, that was kind of around the time that the Batman animated series came out. 
So anytime that I read a, a Batman comic, I don't know if you feel the same way if you read Batman or not, but my voice for the jo- or for the Joker has always been Mark Hamill, okay. and the voice that I hear in my head for Batman has always been Kevin Conroy. And when I saw the series for the very first time, when he goes, "I am vengeance," "I am the night," "I am Batman," my hair stood up on end, dude, and I was like, "Yes." This is what I'm looking for. Um, that's why I'm actually not a big fan of the the, the Dark Knight book uh, movies that came out shortly thereafter. Okay. Um, Christian Bale can suck a dick. I hate him as a Batman. No fucking way. Not going to happen. But, uh, you know, when I got older and I started getting money of my own, I hung out a lot of comic book shops, bought a lot of comics, and just kind of created a little collection for myself. And I go back to the to the archives every once in a while, and I break open, um, you know, like the rise of Rage Al Ghul, or I pull up the the Black Hand, or um, even the Dark Knight Returns. Like I have the paperback copy. I haven't. I found a, a hardcover one online, but it's like six hundred bucks, and it's signed by Frank Miller. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm going to get that soon, hopefully. Um, Amazon. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm going to do it on my Amazon Smile account so I can donate some money to the Wayne Foundation as well. But um, recently, I've actually, my friend Karen, who's super awesome, she's a bass player in a band that I listen to all the time and that I go to see live all the time. I'm actually going to go see them this weekend. Um, she turned me on to a book called Saga. And it's a it's a three or four books or something like that. Three, I think. And it 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 captured my imagination, man. It was like no other comic that I've ever read. It's about basically this couple that they're from two different races in a a a galaxy far, far away. Sorry, George. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and and they uh and they have a baby and they're not supposed to do that kind of shit. Right. So they're fighting against these like robot dudes that have taken over society and whatnot. Um shit, I got a drink. Um and um um uh, it's just a really really good book from beginning to end. It's a page turner, man. It's definitely one that you can sit on the shitter and not get off right. until you're finished reading it. Even though you're done shitting, that's it's, almost every Brian K. Vaughn book, though. I mean, did you read? Did you read Why the Last Man or his Runaways stuff or Pride of Baghdad, anything like that? No, I haven't had a chance to do it yet because I've been so busy with 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 the podcast and with other stuff that I haven't really had a chance to get to those those independent artists. They're they're you know they're an independent, right? They're also uh, independent as well. Uh, well, uh, Why the Last Man was through Vertigo, so I guess they are, in a way that's still independent. Yeah, and I read a lot of V for Vendetta and stuff, and and Swamp Thing. the The Swamp Thing versus Batman uh, book is amazing. It's just so spellbinding, and it literally will blow your hair back and capture your imagination. And you, you, at, at, when you finish reading that book, you don't. When you while you're reading that book, actually, you're not going to know who you want to root for. You don't know if you want to root for Swamp Thing because he's tearing up Gotham City and turning it into a forest. You don't know if you want to root for Batman, the Dark Knight, the Dark Knight Detective, and it, you just don't know what you want to do, you know. And, and but but I try to keep to the classics because obviously I'm a big Batman fan. So like uh, the Killing Joke is also another one of my favorites. Um, Death of the Family, the whole the hard covered one that has all of the books of, of, of the series in it. That blew my mind. Like it split my world in two, and a little creepy guy came out of my head, going, "What's going on?" Uh, <laughs> so, so those are the kind of the books that I stick with. And then, obviously, you know, I read the Walking Dead comics over and over again. 
book 11 is finally coming out on hardcover pretty soon. So I'm like literally got it reserved waiting for the day that it comes out to see what's going to happen next. Oh, Um, so you're not a single issue guy. I am not a single issue guy. You're a trade waiter. I I like to wait. Like I treat comic books the way that I treat making love or fucking or whatever. I don't make love because making love is boring as fuck. (laughs) The way that I fuck, man, I I totally can wait. And, uh, you know, and when I grab the book, I'm like, it's been a while since I got pussy. (laughs) And I I devour that book in like a you know, uh, I bought all nine books or all, all ten books of of the the Walking Dead right away because uh, is it nine or ten? I can't even fucking remember. I have uh, no idea, so yeah, I can't so tell you. Nine or ten books, but the new one's coming out. I think in September or October. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but um, just to see what's happened, I've waited on bated breath, and I'm like, no spoilers, fuckers. Um, to see what's going on, what's going to happen to the guys next. My brother uh, actually reads issue by issue, and he's like, "Oh, dude, you're missing out." And I'm like, "Shut the fuck up, man! Don't worry about what I'm doing, man." <laughs> and he's like, "No, but this." Thing, I'm like, "Good day, sir. I said good day." And all right, up- all right. Well, here, here's the question. <laughs> yeah. Here's the question. We all, every, everyone who knows me knows I'm anti Walking Dead, so okay. I have to ask you. Fair enough. If you have ever read Dead World. I have not. Okay. Send me a copy, bro. <laughs> uh, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm just curious if you've read the series. That, have you ever read the original Walking Dead that had nothing to do with Kirkman? No, I haven't. Okay. No, the only one that I know is the Kirkman Adlard uh, Moore uh, okay. version. Okay. I'm just saying, so so my, just just to throw it out there, my, my Walking Dead problem is all the ripoffs. And mm. it's all the ripoffs of things that came before it which were Dead World, 28 sure. Days Later. It, it's that kind of stuff. So, 28 Days Later and 28 Weeks Later are two of my favorite movies, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, 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 I definitely have to peep those out, so just email me the titles, and I will scarf those fuckers up like you read about. Just licking my fingers, the, the, the Chef Boyardee <laughs> snap, man. Two snaps and wipe your mouth from all the jizz. Uh, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, no, I'll totally pick those up, man, and I'll I'll let you I know. Will, I will, sure. I will share share with you. Uh, so, being a Batman guy, are you more DC than Marvel? I am one hundred percent DC, sir. Okay. Um, although the movie, uh, you know, on the comic side, absolutely on the D- on the uh, on the movie side. Until Guardians of the Galaxy came out, I was all about Marvel, man, um, because the 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 the, the Dark Knight. Uh, all right, so let's go through the movies real quick, all right, if we will. We got time, right? right. Sure. So, so, all right, so there was The Dark Knight. With the exception of Christian Bale playing Batman, awesome movie. Okay, now wait a minute. I thought we were going all the way back. Start with Keaton, damn it. All right, all right, all right. So let, so, 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 you give me the list and I'll go through it. All go. right, we're going to go Batman Keaton. All right. Keaton, 1986. Uh, that was 86, right? I thought it was 89. I thought it was 86. All right, I'm looking Whatever. at Whatever. Let's not split hairs, Mir, okay? Like, <laughs> let, 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 let's let agree to disagree, shall we, sir? <laughs> oh, shit, I got a drink again. Are you following so far? Mm. I'm, I'm not playing your drinking game. I, I apologize. Right. Well, I'm playing it by myself, so it's <laughs> <laughs> As All I right, tend Keaton, to do. Keaton, 
Heat and Batman. Let's 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 make it simple. Get, give me the rating until we get up to the bill. All right. So Keaton and Batman. All right. So 1986 with Jack Nicholson as the Joker. I thought it was actually a really great movie when I first saw it. I actually had it on VHS because my mom was part of a book club or some shit. Like back in the day, you used to like call, send an order form in of what books you wanted or whatever, and they had VHS tapes. So I got Batman on VHS. I was totally stoked about it. I watched the movie. I was completely spellbound. I loved it. I think it's a great movie back then. Now it's kind of a piece of shit. So if I were to give it a rating, what what star rating do you want to do? Five out of five? Yeah, go five. That's fine. All right. I'll do right now when I was a kid, eight. When I grew up and got smarter and more knowledgeable of the real Batman, the true Batman, um, I, I would have to say it's about a about a two. Okay, now now we're we're going downhill. I think we all know this. Batman uh, Returns, nineteen ninety two, with a fucking penguin, right? Oh, penguin and Catwoman. Man, fuck that fucking movie, dude. They had a toy at McDonald's that squirted water or some such shit. And yeah, that movie was terrible. That was like a that doesn't even register on the scale. Okay, well, hold that because we're probably getting worse as we go. Now we got Michelle, Fe- Michelle Pfeiffer though. I will give you. Uh, I'll give this. Michelle Pfeiffer was hot in that movie. Oh hell yeah! That fucking cat suit, all like yeah, rah, yeah. And it, <laughs> it was it was definitely a, a a legit movie for her. If it was just like just her like strutting around or whatever the fuck and doing that whole meow, you know, I give it a five. But I, I give it a, I, it doesn't even register. That that movie was a piece of shit. And what was with the fucking duck? All right, the giant duck that the penguin. Fuck that movie. Anyway, all right. It was his car, wasn't it? It was some kind of like wheelie car, something. Scooty Putt Junior. I don't yep. know what the fuck. All right, all right. Nineteen ninety five, Batman Forever, Riddler, Two Face. And Robin makes his magical debut. <sighs> oh, and Val Kilmer makes his debut. As calling well. calling Alfred Al, not cool. All right. <laughs> um, I thought the costumes were okay. Um, I don't like Val Kilmer as an actor. Period. Except for in that Doors movie, he was pretty hype in that movie. But um, I, I, one. Okay. No, can I give it a half? Yeah. All right, half a star. <laughs> All right, nineteen ninety seven, Batman Robin. Obviously, Mister. That was with uh, Alyssa, Freeze, Alyssa Alyssa Milano. Sil- yeah. yeah, Alicia Silverstone, who says she's her yeah, name's Sierra or some shit. Yeah. Uh, absolutely hated that movie. I despised it to no end. Like, ice to see you, chill. <laughs> Get you, Cape Crusader. <laughs> Fuck that guy. No, he ruined the whole movie. I thought the Riddler, played by Jim Carrey, was pretty legit, though. It, he was just wacky and fucking just, just with the stick and the cane and everything, flipping it around or whatever. And my favorite part of the whole movie was when Two-Face, Harvey Dent, uh, was uh, was teaching the Joker or the Riddler how to knock people out. Yeah, yeah. That was the only part that I liked in the movie, and of course that little scene with Drew Barrymore looking all sexy and shit. Yeah, I, I, I felt a little blood move, but other than that, I'd give that one, you know, a one. Okay. Oh, you know what? Do you remember who what who everyone? I can't remember if it was he was actually supposed to do it or not. But um, do you remember who was supposed to play the Riddler? Oh fuck. You threw me a curveball. I know who was supposed to play Superman. <clears throat> it, was, it was Robin Williams. Get the fuck out of here. Are you Original, serious? Yes, I, I, he was either 
originally rumored to be the Riddler, or he was originally cast as the Riddler, but then it went to Jim Carrey. Oh, dude, you should see me right now. I got chills going all the way up my spine, bro. That would have been legit. That would have been pretty legit, man. I mean, oh, my God. Like, Robin Williams, the greatest character actor of all time, playing the fucking Riddler. Oh, that would have owned. But anyway, fuck that movie. Okay, so so now we, now we jump forward. We're going to skip all the animations. Um, so now we jump forward to your favorite, Christian Bale, Batman Begins. Wait, we forgot the Poison Ivy one, man. No, we did that one. Oh, with Bane and shit? Yeah, that movie sucked. Yeah. Yeah, with, that uh, one, you don't need to Clooney or whatever, right? Oh, that was the Clooney nipple Batman. Yeah, the nipple Batman. Oh, God. <laughs> that was the one. That was one that was nothing but neon lights. That caused me physical pain, all right? <laughs> that The nipple thing with the whole armor and shit. That's why I think Affleck's going to own it, but we can talk about that later. Go ahead, next. All right, next is Batman Begins, 2005. All right, Batman Begins was legit, except for Christian Bale, because He's, he's trying to find somebody to rattle the cages. With that lisp that he has? Oh, so annoying. Uh, he should have stuck with the machinist and just called it a day. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> he should have stuck with the machinist and done some other character actors. But who who in their right fucking mind would have picked that lispy fuck as Batman? I'm sorry for all the Batman fans out there that love Christian Bale and want to suck his fucking cock. But no, I I was not digging it in any way, shape, or form. The movie was good. Liam Neeson as Rachel Ghoul kind of owned it. He he did a really great job there. Uh, but the whole I I couldn't believe Christian Bale as n- n- not as not so much as Bruce Wayne because he did an okay job except for that fucking lisp. But as Batman, nah, nah, no, nah, wasn't digging it. But but the movie overall was about a four. I, I, it's my favorite okay. of the, it's, it's my second favorite of all of them. Okay. That, okay. So moving on then is the dark Knight from 2008. Good movie. Really good movie. I liked how they did the, I wish they would have stuck with the whole Harvey Dent and bat and Bruce Wayne being friends. Like they did in the animated series and in the books and whatnot. Um, uh, and even in like the dark Knight returns, um, uh, the Frank Miller version, which was a, an animated, uh, movie, um, that's my all-time favorite Batman movie of all time is The Dark Knight Returns Part 1 and 2. But um, uh, the Harvey Dent relationship was okay. Um, I kind of liked how, you know, they were fighting over the same chick. Um, I can't say enough good things about Heath Ledger, though. Um, Heath Ledger was amazing in that movie. He really stole the show. He chewed up the scenery and spit it out and flossed his teeth with what was left. Um, I think it was definitely a legit... Uh, portrayal it wasn't like a, a jack nicholson copy he went he that, that motherfucker dug deep he dug deep into the world of uh of uh of uh um um uh of the the joker i mean i the the disappearing pencil act was just yeah it was just amazing i mean i was literally captivated by his performance when he's like you know, the part where he's in the interrogation room with that one cop or whatever, the unknown cop or whatever. And he's like, you know, you can tell a lot about people by, by uh, about a knife and whatnot. And he's like, would you like to know which ones were cowards? Oh, dude, that was amazing. <laughs> and then he fucks that dude up and he's like, I just want to make my phone call. And I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, dude, my dick was hard. It was like, yes, that's what I'm fucking talking about. Because the Joker, if you 
comics man he's a sadistic fuck and he will literally he doesn't care about human beings he doesn't want to really necessarily he wants to make jokes but he does like because the world's a big joke to him you know what i mean mm -hmm. and 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 you know heath ledger's portrayal of that was so dark so ominous and he was still had some funny bits and whatnot like you know i like gasoline because it's cheap you know it's stuff like that those little one-liners were amazing and when he's like up against the, the you know the Batman, he's all like on his you know Bat Batman fucking Christian Bale Batman was on the the Bat Pod, and he's all like, "Hit me, come on, hit me!" Oh, dude, that was amazing. I was like, "Yes, this is what I'm talking about." So that's a five out of five, dude. That movie okay. was amazing. All right, moving on to the last one is The Dark Knight Rises from 2012. Fuck that movie. Really. Yeah, I hated that movie with a passion, dude. I can't even get through it. If there's a Batman movie that you have to put subtitles on in order to understand Bane's voice... Yeah, that's true. That is true. Well, perhaps he's wondering why you'd want to shoot a man before throwing him from a plane. <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> but let me tell you this, okay? Let me let me kind of kind of go into the, the, the deep David uh, uh, thinking behind Bane. There was only one scene where Hardy actually sounded like Bane should have sounded. And it's the part where he's talking about, huh, he was, he was talking about uh, where it goes. Uh, ah, I see darkness is your ally, but you merely adapted to the dark. I was born in it, molded by it. That's, that's Bane right there. Mm -hmm. And when he grabs him by the neck in the dark, he's like, but the, the sun only blinded me. That's what I'm talking about. That's when Bane finally came out and the rest of the movie was shit. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not a Batman fan at all, Decapitated Dan. No, I'm, not at all. Not, not at all. But that... I'm going to have to change the name of this particular episode to the Batman episode. Jeez. Yeah, man. <laughs> But no, that that was the culminating moment where I was like, I had to play that over and over again because I, it made my hair stand up. And I can tell when a movie is really good and an actor's really giving it his all and chewing up the scenery when the back of the the hairs on the back of my neck stand up on end and my arms are like, oh, that was fucking metal. Rip my shirt off, throw the horns up, and be like, yeah, uh, that's that's when that's when I know that they're 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 legit. But that movie fucking sucked, dude. It was too long. The ending was bullshit. The whole, you know, uh, 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 however, Michael Caine is Alfred, legit. You know, it was the size of a tangerine. Like, yeah, that was, that's what I'm talking about. Right. All right, real quick. Mm. Thoughts on the new one? Batman versus Superman? Yeah. They might as well rename it The Dark Knight Returns. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought they'd call it Geely 2. No, come on, man. You know, all right, so here's my take. All right, so in the beginning, and, and I, I would love to get the horror movies with you because I wanted to talk about my first horror movie that I ever watched um, and the second one that I ever watched. But we can, if we have time, I'll definitely get into that. But um, uh, 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 Ben Affleck, okay? Yeah, he fucked up Daredevil, right? Like, that movie sucked balls. It wasn't a bad movie, but it wasn't a good movie either. It was kind of like, meh. 
I'll buy it on DVD, you know, a couple bucks when it's on the clearance rack or whatever. <laughs> but I'm definitely not paying full price, and I'm definitely not sitting in the fucking theater to see him and his future wife fight it out or whatever the fuck. Um, uh, I hated that movie. I, I, I mean, I liked it for certain aspects of it because the story was pretty okay. But uh, uh, Affleck just he he did a shit job. I mean, I think it might have been about the writing, or maybe it was that he was a shit actor at the time. But when you go moving forward, that was what? How many years ago was that? Uh, 2012 was the last one. We'll just say a shit ton. All right, so it was a shit ton of years ago. Affleck has come out with a shit ton of movies since then where he has owned, like Argo and a few other flicks that he was in. Um, he's 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 really come into his own. You know what I mean? Like uh, uh, even even uh, the Goodwill Hunting with Robin Williams and and and, and his boyfriend uh, uh, and Ben Affleck's boyfriend uh, Matt Damon. Uh, Matt Damon, exactly. Matt Damon. Yeah, Matt Damon. <laughs> As he's choking on his fucking cock. Um, <laughs> do you think he's a top or a bottom? I say a bottom. Anyway, um, <laughs> but uh, but I think with with all of the knowledge that he has now, and he's got a good script in his hands, I can just picture what that script must have been like. Um, he's actually a big comic book fan too in real life, so just seeing the picture that came online and that dude with all those teasers of, you know, the new Batmobile, which looks like a, a, just a mean roughly cut shard of metal with wheels on it and turbines and thrusters and shit. And the bat suit, which is the, 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 what's his called? What the sad Batman or whatever the fuck. Right. Um, If you read the dark Knight returns, he is very sad in that book and he's very, in a, uh, he's in this this duality of uh, the, a battle between Bruce Wayne and, and and Batman, and his inner monologues are happening throughout the entire book, and 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 it's 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 that picture says to me, I am struggling with what I want to do, and I, I don't know if I want to do this whole Batman thing and continue because I don't know if I can do it, but fuck it, Gotham City needs me. I am vengeance. I am the Knight. I am Batman. Like that kind of shit. I think that the suit owns, I think it's going to be a great, very Frank Miller-esque, like Frank Miller's going to tip his hat when he sees him in the bat suit. And I actually got a, a, a sneak video of the teaser trailer where it's, you know, Ben Affleck as Batman in the full mech armor that comes at the very end of The Dark Knight Returns, flips on the bat signal, and in the background, in the middle of the bat signal, is Superman and you see the white glowing eyes of Batman in his suit and 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 fucking uh, 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 Henry Cavill's red eyes. And it's like, shit's about to get real, sir. It's, it's going to be an epic battle. I think it's going to own. I'm literally going to buy two tickets to go see that movie. <laughs> Even if I'm going by myself, I'm going to buy two tickets anyway. Because I want that. I think that movie, they do it right. And they introduce the Justice League the way that they need to introduce the Justice League. That movie's going to make a billion dollars, dude. Total blockbuster. <clears throat> there you go, folks. You heard it there. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, I got I to gotta tell you that we are out of time. Oh, bummer, man. Oh. Play the sad Hulk music, bro. I don't know how that goes. but <laughs> There you go. Uh, <laughs> but no, uh, I'm, I'm definitely going to have to have you back on and talk about those horror movies. Anytime, dude. I, I would love to talk to you about... Dead Alive and uh, Dawn of the Dead, the original one. Dead Alive is the greatest horror movie of all time. Oh, that movie owns. Oh, with the rat monkey. Oh, greatest horror movie of all time. 
I kick ass for the Lord. Yeah. Any early Peter Jackson. Yes. Trumps. Yes. Most people trumps, don't trumps, movie either, man. Trumps anything else in terms of that. That's my that's my jam. That's that's bad taste. Meet the Feebles. Dead alive. Absolutely. Trump's Absolutely. Trump's well, I've had a great time, man. Thank you so much again for having me on your podcast. I, I look forward. You'll send me the link, right, when it's all good. Hey, and- I'll get it all to you. But you remind everybody else who you are and what do you do so they can go check it out. My name is David. I'm with the Drunken Dead Podcast. I'm the host and creator of the podcast. Find us at uh, at uh, Facebook.com slash The Drunken Dead. Go on that Twitter page, son, at The Drunken Dead, or you can download our podcast at uh, thedrunkendeadpodcast.buzzsprout.com, sir. And it's every other week? Is that right? It's every two weeks, yeah. So we got a podcast going on this Friday. We post it on Saturday. Um, and then two weeks later, we'll have another one. We're 17. We're going on episode 18 right now. So in between episodes of Monsters of Metal, now you got something to do. Fuck yeah, man. Absolutely. Very cool. Well, thank you for being a part of this episode. And like I said, you're coming back on because we're going to talk horror movies. Dan, you're a good man. I look forward to it, sir. Our next Metal Blade Spotlight comes to us from Anthropomorphia with their new album, Rites of Perversion, coming out on September 16th. This is Necrovaginal Secretions.
gonna give him a best friend hug. Time to do another I Hate Everything You Love with Doug. Hey, Doug. Hey, on, Dan. That's everything. You know, this, that, and the other. How was San Diego? <laughs> it's fine. It was? Just okay? It's okay. Yeah. It was, uh, I don't know. A lot of non-comic book people there this year. Yeah. Like, I don't mean exhibitors. You know, like for years, the movie people have been moving in, which is fine, but I think finally the tide has caught up with people who pay to go. The people who are paying to go now are coming to see movie stuff and all that. Sure. You know, it's becoming a place to go for that instead of a place to go for comics, so it makes things a little bit more difficult. Well, I can understand that. That that you know, it doesn't help help you at all in terms of sales. That's for sure. No, not really. It doesn't really. Uh, you know, start asking yourself what the hell you're doing there. Yeah. But, yeah, because I don't know what I'd do if I was doing a superhero comic book. I wouldn't come back. You know, because my my book doesn't really. You know, it's comedy, basically. It's just in comic book format. So you can still win people over if they don't give a rat's ass about comic books. Cause you, you know, you show them a funny story, they laugh, they get it, and then there you are. Right. But but if, you know, if all this show is giving me is a crowd of the general population, I'd go set up, you know, at a baseball game. <laughs> basically, <laughs> you know. And I could, I could go down to, you know, Brewer Stadium and, and set up in the parking lot during a tailgate and have as many people who are actually interested in comic books walk by. So I, I don't know. Did it's you have, lot, did you have trouble? to set up there also. So, you know, you start, you start weighing, you know, what exactly am I doing here? Right. Right. I mean, did you have trouble, like when people were walking by the table, did you even just have trouble getting their attention in general? Uh, yeah, a little bit, actually more than most years because, you know, people are there for what they're there for. You know, they're there to go see a panel at noon, or they're there to go get an autograph from this guy at two o'clock. You know, so everybody's got a place to go. They're not just—they didn't just show up and say, "Hey, let's see what we can see," like it has been in previous years. Right. You know, the place is so—the place is so big. It's seven city city blocks long, and I think three city blocks deep. So people generally—they come in the door and go, "Holy crap! I don't know where to start." And then you say, "Why don't you start here, my man?" <laughs> but now you know. But now you know. Tickets, I think, are like two hundred bucks or more, plus airplane, plus hotel. People are walking through the door, not knowing what they're doing. They're walking through the door with an agenda. So <laughs> they got places to go and panels to sit at and autographs to get. Right. But you know. So I guess yeah, stopping people is a little more difficult. The thing is a little more difficult, but I don't know. It's not really a comic book show anymore, which is. Fine, I, you know, then grow up. That's fine, but I, do I still need to keep going there? Because like, even you know, I'm trying to rationalize it to myself. Well, okay, I'm not generate. I'm generating a lot of money, but I'm also spending a lot of money to be here. So the profit margin, you know, <laughs> people see you make a lot of money and think you made a lot of money. No, 
I brought in a lot of money, but it cost me a lot of money. So the profit margin's small. So there's, you know, so that is sort of starting to become a, a mark in the negative column. Like, you know, I'm spending right. a whole lot of money here, only to make a couple bucks. Right. But then, so then, but then there was always the ego. You know, Doug's giant ego has to be stroked. He's got to show up, show everybody how big his dick is. <laughs> you know, yeah, I got to, I got to set up the big banners and show everybody. Hey, look at my big ball sack, everybody, huh? I'm <laughs> big, big swinging dick over here, high roller, arsenic lullaby, eat some bush league fucking book, biggest comic book show in the world, center table, come get some, but. Uh, when Sony and Paramount are there, you know, all of a sudden you're whipping your dick out in front of an elephant. They almost go, hey. <laughs> yeah, nice, I guess. <laughs> but, you know, it's good size for a human. Right. But when it was a bunch of other comic book publishers, and then they're like, whoa, you're a big deal after all. But now it's just like, <laughs> Elephant walks over. Knocks your whole table over with his wang, and then you just sort of try to straighten your tie and look like you know try to retain some dignity. I meant that to happen. I meant for that to happen, right? Yeah. yeah. So I mean, so there's not even that, and even you know, and the other thing is, if nobody's coming there for comic books and the publishers dropping le- off left and right, who's there to see your dick anyhow? You know, to, to keep with the analogy. You know, who am I showing my dick off to? Nobody here cares about how big their comic book dick is. They're here for movies. Right. They're just sort of whipping it out. People are walking by like, whatever, I'm a lesbian. Don't care. <laughs> whatever. Well, yeah, it's nice. If I was into dicks, that's a nice looking dick, but I'm not. i got to go get an autograph. Yeah. Right. Well, did anybody did anybody take up the Monsters Metal Challenge and bring you a, a very early issue of Arsenic Lullaby autograph? Yes, two people did. Okay. But we don't know who they are. <laughs> no, it, well, they didn't leave a name, so I said, have a nice day. Well, if, if yeah. e- either of those two are listening to this to this episode, uh, send us a message and we'll put you through the test to make sure it was really at San Diego that it happened. Yeah, I remember which two issues they were, so. Okay, there you go. I remember all right. Well, speaking speaking of movies, I suppose um, you know Guardians of the Galaxy came out. I, I know you haven't seen it yet, so I got to ask: What's the last, latest? What's the latest superhero movie that you have seen? I, as soon as I got home, said, "Okay, I should go see some movies." I saw Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. and what's what the other one? Uh, X Men. Okay. And, and both of those movies ended with uh, the hero falling into a large body of water. So good for you, Marvel. <laughs> now, what are those? What are the? What are those? Stay, is Fox? Where stay away from the formula. Well, one of those is Fox, not not Disney, though. Oh well, then uh, whatever. But that is thanks for grasping on my point. That is, but it is it is funny. They're just copying off of each other. Yeah. And Winter Soldier, I thought, was really just the born identity, occasionally with a shield. <laughs> I just watched that again the other day. I love that movie. <laughs> yeah, well, that's all it was, right? It was some conspiracy thing where he's on the run and all that. He's got it, you know. Right. Yeah, it's the born identity, and every once in a while, 
if you get stuck a shield in uh, Matt Damon's hand to hide some bullets with that, we'd have the same movie, basically. <laughs> whatever. And I only know that because I just saw Barn Identity. So. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> there, there, is some, there is some benefit to seeing movies, you know, three years late. It, you've got a lot of insight that other people wouldn't have. That's true. That is hey, true. this old movie is just like this older movie. <laughs> Hey, Modoc is just like Peter Laurie from Castle. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> so I haven't seen Guardians of the Galaxy, and I don't even recognize. I don't. Uh, you know, this is the Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't even know who any of this. Like, I know who Drax the Destroyer is, and I guess I know who the Green Lady is. Uh, but the last time I saw Groot, he was like. A giant monster destroying a city in some like Marvel monster feature or something like yeah. that. Yeah, the old Ditko. Mon- the old Ditko yeah, monsters. Where, yeah, where monsters dwell or something like that. So I don't know. Who are these people? I thought that was the appeal of it because I didn't know who they were and and that's why I, I had more fun with the movie because I didn't go into it with that oh, if it doesn't follow some premise bullshit, you know. Yeah, I mean, that's fine, but I, my question, I guess, is, was there a Guardians of the Galaxy comic book that had this array of people teamed up? I believe so. Just, oh, there was? Because the last time I saw Guardians of the Galaxy was like 1978 or something, and it was some guy who was, looked like the thing, but he was made out of diamonds, and some girl with flaming hair who shot arrows, and Star-Lord had some weird blue mask or something. I'm looking at this because I don't know. I don't know. I I'm not the the expert to ask about anything Marvel superheroes, so I don't know the yeah, answer. Yeah, I I, re- I don't even know how old I was when I got that, but I know it was a hand me down comic book then. So I don't know. I don't know nothing about it other than you know spoilers on my newsfeed on Facebook. <laughs> Thanks. No. Uh... Thanks for that, everybody. You know who's the worst on that? His wrestling fan. The second, man, like the second somebody wins a belt, it's all over my newsfeed. Oh, Brock Lesnar just won. This is bullshit. Hey, dude. <laughs> I just want to get some nachos. I got his fucking DVR. Do you want to shut the fuck up? The second, man. And the, <laughs> didn't even turn it on. They're the worst. They're the absolute worst. They'll give you, like, play-by-plays and shit. Like, come on. <laughs> I just stopped out of here to flirt with somebody who's too young for me. I don't want to hear the spoilers. I don't need your play-by-play. So did you see Guardians of the Galaxy? Yes. Yes, I did. Was it good? I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. But like I said, unlike all the other movies, I, I don't know who the cast is going into it, so... That, I think it that looked, helped. It, it looked good. It looked like, uh, looked fun. It, it was. And I, it, like you said, I think the appeal, appeal of it is, who the fuck are these guys? Right. You know, it's just a bunch of random crap. I don't think, I think people are beyond having to know what's, what's what before they go in. I think, you know, you, you write a good script with a bunch of third and fourth tier characters, you'll be doing just fine. I don't think anybody needs to know any more about Captain America anyhow. I get it. Same thing with Iron Man. Okay, I get, I get it. There's a 500 fucking comic books about Iron Man. 
Grab, grab some third tier, do it. You know, we want to see a superhero movie. You want to change a bunch of shit around. Uh, grab somebody we don't care about. Have it, have at it. Well, that's what they're doing, though. That's what's coming up with Ant Man and. Oh, the <laughs> I thought I was safe, man, because the guys I like nobody knows about. You know, well, I like Hawkeye, and they fuck him all the hell. But you know, okay, fine, whatever. I still got Ant Man. You know, I still got the you know. Alcoholic recluse who spends all day working and he's you know he's really a genius but he he's not you know he never leaves his lab and his wife's way too young for him and he you know he's uh, he gets drunk and beats the hell out of her you know I still got that guy that I can relate to <laughs> you know? he's my hero right there that's my guy and no one knows about him and uh, there's no way they're ever going to make a movie about Ant Man because he's he's loaded with character flaws. And the relationship with his wife is really fucking creepy, and and all. There's no way they're gonna touch him. And they took him, and they gave him to like Seth Rogen's buddy or something. Paul Rudd. Paul, Paul Rudd. Rudd. Yeah. What the fuck is that? Does anybody think like Paul Rudd would save anyone's life if he had the chance? Well, maybe that's the point. <laughs> Does anybody think Paul Rudd wouldn't run like hell if he saw a mugging? Just turn, you know, and run like hell, screaming. Oh, goodness. I mean, I, I guess, you know, I get a Michael Keaton. You know, I think you take people and put them on a kid. But Paul Rudd, man, it's too, it's too early in my brain. I, I'm going to see that movie and think the whole thing is going to end with him waking up with a needle in his arm. It was all just a hallucination. And so Seth Rogen's going to come in with a pizza and they're going to play a video game. That's right. The whole thing will be a flashback or something. <laughs> oh man, I just had a bad trip. No worries, bro. I have this. Man. It's got mushrooms and pepperoni. That'll be it. And then the credits will roll. <laughs> <laughs> and then Doug will go home and drink heavily. There you go. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, what do you got coming up? What any shows coming up in? September or October that people can come see yet? September, I'm going to the Cincinnati Ex- Comic Book Expo. So there's, there's two shows in Cincinnati. Don't get confused and go to Brand X now. <laughs> because I, I hear tell Brand X, when you walk through the door, uh, the guy who takes your ticket, he's got body light, and it jumps from his hand to you. That's what I hear. That's what I hear, Dan. It's the rumor that I'm hearing. I'm saying it's true. <laughs> but, you know, if it were me, I would stay clear of the possibility and go to the Comic Expo. Well, exactly. I agree. No, I'm just I'm teasing. Both of those shows are real good. Uh, Comic Expo made a little bit more effort to get me this year, so that's where I'm going. Very cool. Very and cool. then there's a show in Minnesota, October 5th, I believe. It's an excellent show. I recommend that. And then there's two shows in Milwaukee I know nothing about, but uh, I managed to pit one against the other and got three tables with both. Yeehaw. Nice. Nicely yeah. played, sir. Yeah. <laughs> Although, now, you know, now I'm to the point where I get, you know, I don't pay for tables anymore anyhow. Hey, don't you know who I am? I'm Douglas Pascavich. <laughs> what is this, a bill? 
I don't think so. I don't think, I don't think so, dude. You realize how many people I'm bringing through the door at 20 bucks a pop? I'm not paying for fucking tables. Get lost. <laughs> well, seriously. Why should I pay for a table and make them money? I show up. People come to see me. They pay you. Why should I pay you? So now, so now I'm creeping, you know, my career, I'm creeping to the level where I'm starting to get paid to be a show. So now when I get a free table, it's like, eh, well, you know, it's okay, I guess. But you're not sure if you paid me to be there. Oh, goodness. I think that's fair. Someday. I think that's fair. I'm making them money. Some shows pay me already, so that, you know. A precedent has been set. I've been paid to be a show, so now you guys got to start opening your laws to see my smiling face, or I'll just stay home. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, where can we find you online? Uh, arsenicwallabies.com and uh, Twitter. I don't know. Go to arsenicwallabies.com, and I think there's links to everywhere else. Well, there's 78,000 different social media that I'm supposed to be keeping up with for some reason. Yeah, there's no real reason. No, there's not. No. Very cool, Doug. As always, we, uh, we're we happy to have you here on the show, and we will talk to you next month. See you, Dan! Our next prosthetic record spotlight comes to us from Noctum with their new album, Elixium, coming out on September 16th. This is Edelon.
got a show in the grave. We say that, but you know, by the time we're done with this segment, there's still like a half hour to go. Well, to be fair, it is in the grave, but in typical Monsters and Metal fashion, it's still clawing and, and trying to climb out a little bit. So we're here to finish stomping it into the grave and putting the lid on the casket for another month. There you go. There you go. All right. As always, our final segment here is brought to us by the Gasly Awards. If you don't know what the Gasly Awards are, they are basically like the Eisners or Harveys, but only for horror comics. So if you work on a horror comic like Dirk, Yay! You go to GastlyAwards.com, you click Submit, and all the information to submit your book is there. You have to submit your own book for consideration. The judges read all the submissions, and then based on that, they choose the nominees. And then in January, no, in February, the world will vote, and then it will rain magical horror butterflies. And if you don't know what a magical horror butterfly is, watch Fringe. <laughs> Touche. Thank you. Thank you. So, uh, this segment's kind of going to change a little because what we decided as Gasly judges was that we were going to stop doing the reviews. Uh, we didn't want, you know, you always have to worry that you might post something or say something that kind of does shows favoritism in some way, shape, or form, and you don't want that. So we decided to stop doing reviews. But Dirk and I will still do this, but I'm not going to have everyone else's reviews. Well, them being the judges and stuff like that, it it definitely could be perceived, whether it be true or not, as a a potential conflict of interest. And And obviously that's not the case. As head judge, I overrule anything, so I don't give a shit. There it is. That's right, people. All right, uh, so this month, I'm kind of behind on reading <laughs> big time. I have officially read three books. Well, four. I did just finish reading the Barefoot Gen manga. Let's talk about that. You ever read that? I have not. You ever heard of it? I have. Okay. Um, so basically... You know, as as Americans, when we're presented with war stories, we only get an American point of view. Mm-hmm. You know, in your history classes, blah, 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 you grow up with the American point of view. Well, this book, Barefoot Jen, was, is, is a, I'm going to more say it's a semi-autobiographical tale, but it is, it's, it's said to be an autobiographical tale of this character who uh, was six years old when they dropped the bomb on Hiroshima. And he's Japanese, so he actually lived through this. And when he got older, he was able to tell his tale through this manga. Well, book one, which is what what I read, is everything that leads up to uh, the dropping of the bomb. So we're not talking horror, and this isn't new just so everyone knows that as well. We're not talking horror in the sense of monsters and killers and stuff like that. We're talking real horror, real life horror. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, the the things that... So, so what appeals to me about it is getting that Japanese perspective on what they were going through at the time. And there's the funny... I, the only way I can explain it would be like the Speed Racer style, you know, when the there's the little kid and the monkey... Yeah, yeah. And they would do things, and they would jump up and down and stuff. So the kids, when the kids are happy in the book, they have that same weird look to them. 
<laughs> you know, both. I think about the I think about the movie with the uh, the the Wachowski brothers. No, no, movie. no, 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 no. I'm, the talking, old school. I'm talking the cartoon, the cartoon. Right. Like both arms, like both arms former you, and both legs right. former you. Right, they gotta reach over. <laughs> right, 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 like that. You know, so happy. So there's like this weird humor to it, but like they're getting beat like on a daily basis by someone. So it's. It's weird. It's it's just this weird mix, and then like I said, and but what's really cool about it is the way he tells it. It'll be like July first, and you know he'll he tells the story about what happened to them, what he went through on that day. But he's also then telling you that if there was something significant that happened in regards to the atom bomb or something like that on that day, mm-hmm. he's also giving you a history lesson as it goes. Right. Really, really, really well done horribly, horribly, horribly tragic. Especially the way it ends. Horribly tragic. Uh, book two, which I'm going to get to next, is uh, covering the day after the bomb dropped. And then the books go on from there. And I believe I had read that this is actual school literature that they read in Japan. I would be... I've heard inklings about that before and I'd be really curious if that is true. And Hey, maybe next month... Maybe we could actually plan a month in advance. Foreign horror in movie and comics. There you go. You going to remember that? I'm hoping you will. You're the one that takes <laughs> notes. I just show up and act pretty. And I'll be like five or six shows in to my tour at that point. So I'm going to be jellified. But, Foreign uh, horror movie. You hear? This is how it's done, people. See what he's doing right now? Writing it down. There you go. Typing it out. Technically typing it out. Okay, so, but if I did have to say another book, um, how about I go with the always amazing best comic book on the shelves, Rachel Rising? So good. So good. I mean, anyone that listens to the show and has listened to this point in the show and isn't buying Rachel Rising, just buy the first trade paperback, even buy the first collection. Uh, It's just. I mean, Terry Moore, right? You know, Terry Moore, who did uh, Strangers in Paradise, did Echo. Um, this is Terry Moore's horror book. Yep. And, uh, man, just for a black and white, literally black and white, no colors. I don't think there's even any real shading to no, speak of in the book. No, pure black just, and white. Just, just pure black and white book. Some of the best characters in comics right now. These characters become your family very quickly, and uh, that makes the horror all the more engaging. Uh, just, just a great, great comic, great comic. All right, what do you got? What do you suggest people check out? I've got two. Um, something slightly more mainstream, slightly some more indie. Um, I should have mentioned this a couple months ago, and I did not, and I'm woefully sorry I didn't. My dudes over at Comics Tribe put out a great book, and then Emily was gone. And it's about a guy uh, named Greg who sees monsters, and he is put in charge of trying to find a, a missing girl named Emily. Uh, Riley Rosmo, our friend Riley Rosmo, did one of the covers to the book. Uh, Megan Wilson, who's a friend of mine, colored it. Uh, John Lees and Ian Laurie uh, are the uh, writer and the art team, respectively. Indie horror book. And again, if you listen to this show, I mean, this is kind of – I, I think these are the kind of comics this show exists uh, – to talk about and and maybe they'd be good to even have on the show at some point but um i don't want to say a ton about the comic i mean the title i think tells you what you need to know you know but comics tribe comics with an x and then emily was gone 
uh, about a detective who sees monsters and uh, gets put on a missing child case. That's all you need to know. Yeah. Um, I mean, Riley Rosmo did one of the covers for it, you know. Uh, that aside, a book that I scream from the mountain how good it is. Uh, and, oh, my gosh, uh, what a return to form. Eric Powell's The Goon, Occasion of Revenge. By the time this goes on the air, the second issue of Occasion of Revenge will be out. And The Goon is one of those books that sometimes it is literally butt-gustingly funny, and sometimes it is just gut-wrenchingly emotional, and sometimes it is just pitch-black dark. Occasion of Revenge, probably the darkest goon stuff there's ever been. Um, and there's, there is humor. Uh, there is humor sprinkled in, but just dense, dark, heavy read, very heavily. The, the, the moral of the, of the two issues in, you know, the story is about revenge. Um, a very good jumping on point. Um, Chinatown is one of those books that I, I religiously read at, at least once a year, if not more than that. I'll just pick up and read The Goon Chinatown, which was his original graphic novel, cover to cover, and just go through and, re- and reread The Goon. But, oh my gosh. Okay, uh, he's now launched to the series of miniseries approach. Rather than having long gaps between issues, he'll get four issues done and release that monthly for four months. Then it may be, you know, another three, four months, but then he'll do another miniseries, you know. Right. Um, That's a nice is, way for a nicer way for it to be done, too, because you hate to wait. You do. Uh, well, it, you know, and it's kind of the approach I use with stuff like Tales of Mystery. And I mean, I mean, I mean, it's the same thing Mike Mignolo's used for years, but that, it allows you to approach the work more like a novelist would. Here's my new book this year. Here's my new book this year. Um, I do know Occasion of Revenge is an eight-part story going to be broken over two, I believe, fairly self-contained four-issue miniseries. But like I said, um, two issues into uh, this first miniseries, we, we finally learned the origin of Willie Nagel, who is one of the most belovedly comical characters in the goon. He's a zombie with a strong personality. You know, and he just just kind of—he's a zombie. He was like, "Yeah, so I'm a zombie. So what?" And, and, and you know, all these other guys, you know, beat up the zo- the, the slack jaws and are killing him. And he's like, "Come on, guys, why you gotta be that way?" You know, and he's kind of a huckster and stuff like that. And you learn the origin of Willie Nagel and um, a lot of other stuff going on. Uh, I don't say this lightly, but the investment in the danger in the series that he's creating uh, for those of us that have read the book for, from the beginning. And, and this is actually, I think when you look at the whole continuity of the series, this is the 47th issue of the series. So, you know, there's a lot of goon out there at this point, right. but really just the level of danger and risk is it really at an all time high. And this is a book where characters do die. You know, there's like, Oh, everyone made it through. Okay. Uh, that's this. That's not to say that it's, it's Walking Dead or Invincible, where characters are dying every week, but um, or Game of Thrones or something. But this is a creator-owned book, and he can do whatever the hell he wants with it, which really <laughs> put, gives a certain amount of gravitas to it. I mean, things can happen. Um, 
I, yeah, I, I could spend a half hour talking about how good it is. But uh, so yeah, uh, and then Emily was gone from Comics Tribe, and then goodness sake, man, the Goon: Occasion of Revenge, Part Two. Wow. Very cool. All right, it's that time, folks. It is time to do some thank you. Whoo! I've got to update the list here. Hold on one second. <laughs> too many more. All people. that time. Too many more I... people to add. Well, I don't want to type over your talking. Well, that that's that's true. See, and you're a heavy typer like I am. I I I, I, I need one of those I, silent keyboards. See, I have a silent keyboard, and I still beat the keyboard like it over. Sounds like a murder. And it sounds like I'm typing on a typewriter. You know, which I if I would, I if I could, I would. I, like, oh, yeah, that's like one of the most silent typewriters. I'm like, uh, or silent typewriters, silent keyboards. I'm like, I broke eh, it. It's, it's still, yeah, I, <laughs> I'm actually wearing the uh, keys off of my um, my keyboard. I got one of those big deluxe advanced ones, mm-hmm. and I'm actually wiping the keys right off, the, the letters right off the keys at this point. What he means by that, folks, is he has the giant letter keyboard because he's blind and old. Yeah, that's what it is, right? <laughs> it's huge. It's like a touch screen. Where'd that pee go? <laughs> yeah. I actually have to pound the keys with my fists. Like hammer fists, just dropping, like whack-a-mole with my bare hands. Typing type. is my workout. <laughs> I got this giant keyboard on the wall. I just hey, go man. to it and punch it. You don't, you, don't, you, don't get a, you don't get a physique like this by, uh, by not uh, working out, am oh, I right? Oh, that's true. Am I right, ladies? All right. Well, this month we definitely want to thank our guests. We want to thank Drew Edwards from Halloween Man, and we want to thank. See, see, there's too, there's so much on this show. I can't even find where his interview starts. We want to thank Dave from the Drunken Dead podcast. Couldn't, I couldn't remember if I could use his last name or not. That's what I was looking for. We're glad you're better, by the way. Who me? Yeah. Was I broken? Moving on. <laughs> Anyway, uh, <laughs> I'll tell you when this thank you list is done. <laughs> we always thank uh, Century Media Records, Metal Blade Records, Prosthetic Records, uh, from Dark Horse Comics, Dave Elliott from Atomic Press, ZM Thomas from Trepidation Comics. He is our newest segment host on the show. Doug Paskevich from Arsenic Lullaby. The Southern Sensation for filling in for Rondell Scott and the Strange Kids Club. Tales from the Water Cooler, MasterFantastic.com, Rachel Deering, The Ghastly Awards, ComicRelated.com, ComicAttack.net, The Underground Video Network, Drive Through Comics, TMV Cafe, TuneIn Radio, and iTunes. There we go. And as always, I thank you, Dirk. And I thank you, Decapitated Dan. All right, I'm going to get us out of here on a new song from a band that you may or may not have heard of. We talked about them a little earlier in the Monthly Metal Breakdown segment with ZM. Uh, They are going out on the Reading Rainbow Tour. Do you know why it's called that, Dirk? You're about to tell me, I hope. Because they and the other band, I think it was Rivers of Nile, are both from Uh Reading, Pennsylvania. Nice. Actually, Josh Ross, who was the illustrator on Tales of Mystery Volume 1, also at one point lived in Reading, Pennsylvania. There you go. 
It all comes full circle. Uh, okay, so uh, with their upcoming album coming out, I believe in October. I could totally be wrong, and then I look like a fool. But I do believe it is October. If not, it's September. It doesn't really matter because you're going to hear this, and then you're going to go get it. This is the Black Crown Initiate with Great Mistake. Wonderful. And as always, we remind you to keep them horns up. What we've talked about the whole show, support good horror.
the end of the episode. That makes me sad. It's sad that it's over. I mean, it's amazing how fast the month flies by, just in general. But, you know, to be done with another Monsters of Metal is, is just insane. But check this out. I think we actually broke our own record this month because I think this is the first one that's going over five hours. So I, I know it was a lot of content, but I, I hope you stuck around to this point, and I hope you stick around till till the very end. Uh, this month, MassiveFantastic.com is presenting our horror radio drama, as always. And they have chose Chet Cheddar's Tales from the Morgue, and the title of this... This one is Elmer Meets Death. Uh, listening to a little bit of this one, great audio, great, just just fantastic. I, I really, really enjoyed what I heard so far. Definitely going to finish it off. And we're going to finish it all off with Rachel Deering's pick of Grim Reaper. See you in hell! So have a fucking fantastic month, everybody. And we will be back next month with another show that's just going to blow your minds because that's what we do here on Monsters and Metal. M&J Audio Theater presents Chet Cheddar's Tales from the Morgue. you to drop in. Yes. Have a seat. Make yourself comfortable. I am Chet Chetter, the morgue attendant and resident storyteller. Oh, I'm so glad you came by. Today, we return to the small, peaceful town of Biloxi. It seems that there was this old abandoned house on the corner of Main Street. Well, there was some talk of this house being haunted, mostly children with overactive imaginations. However, on this particular Wednesday afternoon, a very distinct moaning sound emitted from the derelict structure. The citizens who lived nearby this old house were quite unnerved by the sound. The Biloxi Police Department was flooded with calls that day. Hello. Biloxi Police Department, Chef McElroy speaking. Oh, oh, howdy, Miss Pluckett. What can I do you for? Huh? Well, you say you hear strange noises coming from the old Fortin house? We got us another one, Chester. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Well, now, Miss Pluckett, it's, it's probably just a couple of alley cats in the heat. Yes, ma'am. I, I know it sounds horrible, but they get that, that way when they, you know. Yes, sir. Well, now, if they don't stop in the next 30 minutes, I'll send a deputy down to go check it out, all right? Okay. You do the same. Thank you kindly, ma'am. You want me to go down to that house and check it out, sir? Shoot, no. Ain't worth the gas go down there. <laughs> Take the phone off the hook and hand me a donut. All right, sir. Well, 
and the noise from the house persisted, and it sounded nothing like a cat. It was quite unmistakably human. It was about midnight when Mr. Elmer Corn, a well-known resident of Biloxi, was awakened from sleep. <laughs> huh? Oh, where's the fire? Huh? There you go. Come, it's five minutes to midnight. Who in the world could that be at this ungodly hour? Huh? All right, all right. Don't worry out the door, Bill. I'm coming. Oh, Elmer, I, uh, I'm so glad to see you. Oh, uh, well, uh, howdy, Miss Maddox. Uh, did you come to bury some toilet paper? No, no, I didn't, Elmer. But I can really use your help, though. Well, uh, anything at all, Miss Maddox. Uh, come on in. Oh, oh. Shoot, it, it must be important for you to be up this late. You're usually in bed after Mr. Carson's monologue, ain't you? Well, I am usually, but, Elmer, I'm just at the end of my rope. Yeah. And all my neighbors are, too. Well, heck, you're shaking like a hairless dog in a snowstorm. Oh. Well, here, sit down, Miss Maddie. Thank you. Well, what's the matter with you? Well, you know that old house on the corner of Main Street? Uh, the old Thornton house? Uh, yeah, that's it, Elmer. Well, there, there's awful, horrible, terrible noises coming from that house. Oh, well, it could be a couple of old cats. It ain't no cat, Elmer. It's human, sure as I am alive. Mm. Human. Just like a man in pain. Well, did you uh, try calling the police? Oh, those police are just busy stuffing donuts into their big, fat faces. I know what you mean. Elmer, would you go down to that house and, and check it out for me, would you? Well, well, Miss Maddox, I, you see, I got a manure haul at six in the morning. But Elmer, and I need my sleep. It, it, uh, could, could I do it tomorrow afternoon? Elmer, this just can't wait. I live just two blocks down from that house, and you just gotta see what well, it is now. Well, well, I, I, all right, Miss Maddox. Okay, I'll go call up Cecil Ferris. He's got one of them high beam oh. uh, flashlights, and we'll go down there and check it out for you. Oh. Thank you very much, Elmer. I just couldn't get awake to sleep with all of that noise going on. This old house is a musty place. I ought to have my head examined for letting you drag me in here, Elmer. Well, I ought to have my head examined for asking you. I should have known you'd start bellygaking about it. Wake me up at a quarter past midnight to come prowl around in some haunted house? Well, well, you got the big high-beam flashlight. That ain't the reason, Elmer. You just didn't want to come in here by yourself. Oh, oh, hesh up, Cecil, and hope that light's steady. All right. Edgum. Ain't nothing in this old house but a bunch of cobwebs. It's all that talk of this place being haunted that's got everyone so worked up. It is haunted. Charlie Thornton killed his wife in this house. <sighs> then he turned the gun on himself. Well, Charlie Thornton wasn't all there, Cecil. Heck, the man used to talk to his shadow, you know that. Yeah. Besides, it's all in the past now. Well, Bernie Edwards said he saw the ghost of Mr. Thornton in the window up there. Yeah, well, Bernie sees a lot of things after a six-pack or two. Well, I don't see nothing in here. Well, let's go check the kitchen, and then we'll... What the heck was that? It's it's the ghost of Charlie Thornton, Elmer. It ain't no such thing, Cecil. It sounded like it come from the fireplace. Yeah. Here, here, shine your light over there. Uh, all right, all right. Oh, 
it, Elmer. Looks like somebody covered in an old sheet. Yeah. Uh, uh w w what's the matter, mister? You in some sort of pain? The pain, the eternal pain. I can endure it no more. The burden is too great. Relieve me of my task, O oh spirits of another world. Set me free from my never-ending destiny. Let's let's leave this feller alone, Elmer. You just stand there with that lighted hash up, Cecil. Uh, uh, come here just a second, Mister. We ain't gonna hurt you, I promise. You from out of state? Maybe some relation to, to the late Mister Thornton? No, I am dead. Dead? Go. Uh, could you run that past me just one more time, mister? I am the Reaper. You mean, uh, you mean the Grim Reaper? I never liked the Grim part. But, but it is Grim, isn't it? Dad, gummit, there's nothing underneath that sheep. There's no face. There's no hands? Nothing. Oh, settle down, Cecil. He, he's probably just a uh, dark complexion. No. Your friend speaks the truth. I have no form or shape. I am like a foul wind. The cloth gives the illusion of shape. I thought if I took the shape and voice of a living man and took shelter in this dwelling, I could escape the spirits of the netherworld, but they'll find me. Huh? I am cursed for eternity. Oh, you, you mean to say when a feller dies, they meet up with you? Yes, I show them the way to the beyond. Dang it, this is too much for me. Hesh, Cecil. Well, sir, you, uh, you show people to the hereafter. <sighs> I don't sound like such a bad job. Not bad. Not bad. Perhaps not for those who have lived a long and fruitful life. But what of the young, those whose lives have been extinguished by hunger or disease? I must take them away before they have had a chance to live. Oh. The burden is too great. Well, well, ye poor feller. A and you say these spirits of the netherworld gave you this job? I was created in the netherworld by the spirits of that region. I wish to be free of this horrible task. Well, sir, I, I think everybody needs a vacation from their job now and then. What in the world are you saying, Elmer? Well, I mean, hey, this man's plumb tuckered out. <sighs> and shoot, I mean, it must be a high-pressure job, you know? I mean, can you imagine how many people die every day? Oh. It is an extraordinary amount, I assure you. Well, I'd imagine so. So why don't you just go incognito for a couple of days? Uh, Could be all you need is a little break to collect your thoughts. Well, uh, I, uh, I don't know. Well, sir, I know. You just won't be dead for a couple of days, all right? You say these spirits of the netherworld are looking for you? Well, it's liable to be a couple of days before they find you. And until that time, you'll just be a regular feller. Mr. D, how's that? Uh, Mr. D? Yes, sir, Mr. D. I'll tell you what you do. Now, me and Cecil are about to go over to Miss Maddox's house. She's this sweet old widow woman that lives down the street from us. And we'll go up to her and we'll say, Hello, Miss Maddox, this here's Mr. D. He's a stranger in town, gonna stay a couple of days. And you know what she'll do? 
she'll whip you up the finest, biggest meal you ever ate in your life. Sweet potato pie, dumplings, chicken. Mm. You'll stuff yourself till you can't breathe. But, uh, but I do not eat. Well, you talk, don't you? Miss Maddox will talk your ear off. Some good conversation, that's what you need. So why don't you do that? Next morning, tomorrow, 7.30, me, you, and Cecil go over to Miss Maddox's house, and we'll just have us a good old time. What do you think? Well, I... I suppose I could do that. Well, I just flat-dab insist, sir. Until then, you come over to my house, and you're going to stay the night there, and I don't want no argument. Yes, if you insist, Mr. Corn. Uh, Thank you. Huh. I don't recall telling you my last name. If I was to try to stuff in another piece, I'd bust a seam. It was a dandy meal, though. I have another piece, Miss Maddox. All righty there, Cecil. Still trying to fill up that hollow leg, huh, Cecil? I got a weakness for sweet potato pie. Well, what you got a weakness for is desserts. If the whole meal consisted of sweet potato pie, it'd be fine with you, wouldn't it? Yeah, Elmer, yeah. Oh, boy, mm. I'm packed. I might have to pop me a butt. Me, too. Say, you haven't eaten a thing on your plate, Mr. D. Uh, Do you not like dumplings? Yes, it looks delicious, madam. I am not hungry, thank you. Say, can I have that hunk of pie, then? See, so watch your manners. Well, it'd be a shame to let it go to waste. What kind of work do you do, Mr. D? Well, madam, that is hard to say. Uh, m- m- Mr. D is a travel agent of sorts, Miss Maddie. Oh. Oh, that must be exciting. No. No, madam, it is not. It is excruciating. The pain, the misery is overwhelming. What could be so bad about it? Oh. Uh, it's, it's just a traveling getting to him a little, Miss Maddox. That's why he's down here. He's on vacation. Gonna try to rest up a bit. Well, Biloxi is definitely the place to do it. You just have yourself a good old time, Mr. D. <sighs> Thank you, madam. I will try to do that. In fact, I may quit my job soon. You're You're gonna gonna do what? What? gum, Jiminy Christmas. You hear that? Sounded like a car wreck outside. Merciful heavens! Sounded pretty bad to me. Hey, look outside. It is a wreck. Lester Pluckett run his car into a persimmon tree. Ed Gum, and he's walking up this way, too. Let's go see about him, Cecil. All right, Elmer. Uh, Lord have uh, mercy, Lester. Uh, you okay? Heck, uh, your car's on fire. Yeah. I swerved to miss an armadillo, and my car hit that danged old tree over there. Heck, your head's busted wide open, Lester. You okay? Yeah, I feel a little dizzy, but I don't feel no pain. I can see your brain, Lester. Cecil, what a thing to say. Well, look at his head. You can see his brain clear as day. Oh, no. My car is wrecked. 
my wife is going to skin me alive. Well, shoot far, Lester. You can worry about that later. We've got to get you to Doc Stone right away. Oh, come on, Elmer. Is it really necessary? You're a bleeding like a stuck pig. Of course it's necessary. Don't argue with me, Lester. Get in my truck. Okay. Mr. Corn? Yes, sir? Do you mind if I come along? Not at all, Mr. D. Come along. Come on, Lester. Get in my truck oh, right now. All right. Open up real wide and say I for me. Old Dr. Stone is getting up in years, ain't he, Elmer? Well, yeah, he's up in his 80s. Well, hush up, I want to see what he says about Lester. All righty. That's good, Les. Yeah. Uh, tell me, how bad does your head hurt? Well, it don't hurt at all. Uh, uh, wait just a minute. Uh, excuse me, Doc. All righty. Les, your, yeah. your head's busted open like a melon. Well, You're telling me you don't feel no pain? Not a twitch. I feel a little bit sleepy, though. Ain't that his brain exposed, Dr. Stone? Well, I'm going to manage his head, Cecil. Uh, sit tight, Lester. Okay. I'll fix you up in a minute. I want to talk to Elmer for a second. Uh, is old uh, Lester going to be okay, Dr. Stone? Well, uh, that's kind of hard to say, Elmer. Huh. Uh, he ain't complaining of no pain. Uh, but according to my uh, instruments, he ought not feel nothing at all. Huh? Uh, what I'm saying is... He ain't got no temp, uh-huh. or blood pressure, yeah. or he ain't got no pulse. Yeah. His skin's at room temperature, and his eyes are dilated. Huh. Sounds like a dead man. Yeah, it does to me, too. Mm. I don't want to upset Lester. That's why I wanted to talk to you first about it. Yeah. Never seen nothing like it. Huh. Not short of a horror movie. Yeah. Well, I guess I'll go patch him up. About all I can do at this point. Well, uh, okay, okay, uh, Doc. Uh, I'll see you later. Huh. Did you hear that, Mr. D? Yes, Mr. Corn, I did. Mr. Pluckett has damaged his body beyond repair. His nervous system no longer functions, yet his life essence remains in his body. Life essence? You're talking about his soul? In a manner of speaking, yes. His life essence cannot leave his body without my help. Oh, I see. I am dead. However, Mr. Pluckett will have to wait for his journey to the beyond. I am on vacation. Wait a minute. You mean you're just going to leave the poor fella like he is now with his brain hanging out and all that? Yes. He will feel no pain, I assure you. Well, look at him, though. I mean, it ain't natural. What I'm saying is if he's supposed to be dead... I do not wish to discuss it, Mr. Corn. I am enjoying my break. Mr. Death, we're about to go over Miller's Bridge, and it's pretty rickety. Hey, uh, 69er. Well, I guess this is your first time riding in a pickup truck, huh, Mr. D? Yes, Mr. Coyne, it is. I gotta haul this manure over to Skeeter Phillips' house. Mm. After that, this truck will smell a heck of a lot better. I have no sense of smell. Oh, yeah? Well, you're a lucky feller. I tell you, the smell of fresh cow flop can make even the stoutest man weak in the knees. Make a one now for the cow chip. You got your ears on out there? Huh. Yeah, somebody call me on the CB. Cow 
Chip. <laughs> yeah, I know. And that's my handle. Well, kind of appropriate considering my job, don't you think? Yeah, you got the cow chip here. I, I copy you. Over. Yeah, this is Gator Elmer. You bringing that cow flop over to my house? On my way, Skeeter. Why? Oh, heck, I, I, I hope Miss Phillips ain't ailing. Well, she's up and going about now, but uh, yesterday she complained of chest pains. Checked her pulse, couldn't get one. Took her temperature, it's about uh, 75 degrees. Huh, 75 degrees, you say? Well, I guess you better take her to the doctor just to play it safe, Skeeter. I'll dump the manure in your backyard like you said. Thank you, Elmer. I'll pay you later. Over and up. Huh. Well, Mr. D, I, I guess Mrs. Phillips is in the same position that Lester Pluckett is in, ain't she? Yes, Mr. Cole. She had a fatal heart attack. Oh, that was a sweet lady, too. She's still walking around, though. I, I'll tell you something true, Mr. D. This whole thing's starting to sort of worry me a little bit. What concerns you, Mr. Cole? Well, it's this whole idea of dead people walking around like zombies. This sort of thing going on all over the world? Yes, of course. But you needn't be concerned, Mr. Corn. They will not be in pain, and their bodies will not rot as long as their spirits remain in their bodies. Well, still, th this sort of thing's liable to cause a worldwide panic. Well, uh, what I'm getting at, Mr. D, is that, well, maybe you should get back to work pretty soon. Uh, no, Mr. Cole. Huh? I will never return to that position. Whoa, what? <laughs> Good gravy. <laughs> you can't be serious. You're quitting altogether? That is correct. Well, well, you can't do it. A world without death? My mind boggles at the thought. <sighs> I mean, the world would get overpopulated. My decision is final, Mr. Corden. But... But what about the, the spirits of the netherworld? You said they was coming after you. you. You said they'd find you sooner or later. Then I will refuse to go with them, Mr. Corn. What? They cannot make me go. But... I am sick of death. Well, now you're acting just like a child. You can't just quit just like that. <sighs> you just can't do it. You are death. I was death, Mr. Corn. Was. I am now Mr. Deathrow. Huh? Mr. Deathrow? Yes. You can't live in the real world like a person, Mr. D. <sighs> You're transparent. Uh, there will be obstacles, of course. Uh, but I am prepared for them. I can't believe what I'm hearing. That's Cecil Ferris on the radio. He don't know to call me Cowchip on the CB. Hello, Cecil. I read you. What's on your mind? Well, I'm so glad I got you. There's a hostage situation at the convenience store on Titus Street. Huh. Uh, some guy's trying to hold up the place, huh. and Dad Gummit Albert, he's got Miss Maddox at gunpoint. Huh? Miss Maddox at gunpoint? He's got Miss Maddox hostage? Where's that, Cecil? It's at the quick pick, Elmer, and Dad Gummit is there a swarm of police cars around there. Dad Gum? Did you hear that, Mr. D? Someone's got a gun to Miss Maddox's head at the quick pick. Heck, we gotta get out there. Oh, baby. 
Uh, I rushed over as soon as I heard the news, Sheriff McElroy. Phil McCorn, what the hell are you doing here? There's a police blockade set up. I, I know, sir. I know. I broke it. I'm sorry, Sheriff, but Miss Maddox is like a mother to me, and I, I just had to see about it. Well, that guy's in there with her right now. Got a gun to her head. Seems pretty high strung. We can't risk going in there. Hey! Hey! Hey, you cops make one wrong move, and I blow this old broad's head off. You understand? I want to get out of here. I want to get in my car and drive to the county line, and I'm taking Grandma here with me, you understand? Albert, save me, Albert! Now the police will be waiting for you at the county line, mister. You stand away from that lady and drop that gun. It ain't gonna do you no good. I've already reported this to the neighboring counties. Hey, 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 you hasty cops think I'm stupid, huh? Now back up! I'm not making no deals. I'm in charge here. I'm opening up a window to this chick's brain. I, I think this feller's from out of state. Yeah, I know. He was holding up the quick pick just as me and Deputy Huckabee was driving up for donuts. Hey. He sees us and panics, grabs Miss Maddox. Hey, hey, what you talking about, cop? Hey. We're just talking about maybe letting you go, mister. Uh, Roland, huh? run and get my rifle. Uh, all right, sir. You gonna try to take him out? Well, I got a pretty clear shot if I aim for his head. Well, uh, uh, should you try that, Sheriff? Well, if he sees that rifle, he's liable to try to shoot Miss Maddox. Oh, no. I've dealt with these nervous types. All talk and no action. Here's your rifle, sir. All right. Here, hold my coffee and donut. All right, sir. Hey, hey, what's with the shotgun? You're making a big mistake, cop. All right, I got a bead on him. Back up, Elmer. I'm going to shoot him through the window. Ooh! Ah, my head! Yeah, Bingo, Sheriff. Caught him right between the eyes. Caught him dead center. Hey, hey, you fat pig, you shot me in the head. It can't be possible. That man's still standing. Oh, Lord of mercy, I forgot to tell you, Sheriff. You can't kill him. You can't. Oh? Somebody save me. What the heck you talking about, Emma? This is a dad blame 12 gauge. I don't care if it's an elephant gun. You can't kill him. Hey, hey, is this the best you cops can do, huh? You shoot me in the head, I don't feel nothing. Hey, <laughs> I can run around, I can skip around. Hey, you cop shooting with pop pistols? <laughs> I'm gonna shoot him again. It wouldn't do you no good, Sheriff. I ain't got time to explain it to you. I'm going in there. Huh? Hey, you get back here, Elmer Bean. Get back here now. You want your donut back, Sheriff? That man has flipped his lid. Yeah, donut would taste good by about now. Now. Now, mister, you put down that gun. That lady you got with you there is an old friend of mine. Oh, well, that's real touching. That's real touching. I think I'm going to cry. I said put down that gun. Hey, let go of my arm. Let go of my arm. Holy guacamole. Elmer, you've been shot. He just got me in the shoulder, Miss Maddox. Oh, yeah? Well, I think I can do better than that. No, mister, don't do it. You can't kill me. The sheriff shot you in the head with a 12-gauge, and you didn't die. No one can die. What the hell is this moron talking about? Mr. Death. Mr. Death, you got to stop this. You see what kind of world it's going to be if you don't go back to work? Yes, Mr. Corn. I see. Somebody clue me in here. Who's this guy in the sheet? You know who I am, Mr. Raguso. Huh? Hey, how did you know my name? You are Bernard Shane Raguso. Yeah. And it is time to go. Nah. Come with me now. Nah. Do not fight it. No, stay away from me, you freaking sheep. Rest. Rest, Mr. Raguso. Nah. It is time to rest. Uh, wait, what's happening? 
Uh, uh. Oh. Elmer, he just dropped like he was dead. He is dead, Miss Maddox. He is. Ed Gumman, Elmer, I thought you was a goner. I guess that gunshot in the head finally caught up with him. No, sir, Sheriff. Death caught up with him. Who's that fellow in the sheet? The sheet's still there, but the man's gone. Well, that was Mr. D. He had important matters to tend to. We gotta get you to the hospital, Elmer, right now. Uh, all right, Miss Maddox, we can do that. I guess things are gonna get back to normal now. Now that Mr. Death is back to work. That was a close call, was it not? I mean, can you imagine a world without death? I'm a morgue attendant. I enjoy telling stories, but uh, death pays the bills. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Well, I'm afraid I must leave you now. I have to set out... Poison for the rats in Corridor 3. <laughs> I so enjoy that. But please, do return for another story, will you? Until then, pleasant dreams. You have just heard Chet Cheddar's Tales from the Morgue. Today's installment, Elmer Meets Death. The names and characters portrayed in this production are fictitious. Any similarity with actual persons, living or dead, is purely coincidental. A production by M&J Audio Theater.